this thing is only going still because of this get together that you're throwing this afternoon and because of the little red bandwagon the podcast about our podcast uh, which i'm still afraid to listen to because i'll probably get my feelings hurt but like the the community of people who have people flown out from new hampshire and baltimore and people are staying at airbnbs together bunking up everybody keep it cool by the way at the co-ed airbnbs uh but no that all of that stuff uh, you know that that you're really an, uh, a big part of that's that's the the magic of of this show and and it it amazes me that it goes on i mean jen gets a ton of credit for really cultivating that but uh so thanks to you too and, and thanks to everybody who's who's coming out this weekend Board, the Little Red Bandwagon is your twice-weekly podcast about a podcast that might just be too beautiful to live. In the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Anne Lundholm. On Fridays, we bring you a variety of shows that commemorate, castigate, venerate, and even celebrate the 10-year odyssey that is TBTL. But today is Monday, and we've got a full, fresh recap of the last half of the Vaniversary ready in the chamber. And joining me to break it all down from the yet-to-be-named studios in Lincoln Park, Michigan, it's Meredith the MVH Van Harn. Good morning, Meredith. Good morning, Anne. That sounded great. Yeah. I love it. It's sounding more natural. I'm getting used <laughs> to not being Eminem anymore. Yeah. And from the very thoroughly named Deer Blind Studios in the Mountain Room at the Ranch in Manshack, Texas, it's the jail dude, Mike Rizel. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Might I add uh, Super Bowl headquarters as I just tuned into the NFL Network's eight and a half hour pregame show. Holy crap. Running, running behind, uh, <laughs> running in front of me with the sound down. What could they possibly have to talk about for eight hours? Oh, you'll find out, Anne. And you you as well, Meredith. I'm glad you didn't assign us to watch the pregame stuff, too. <laughs> I could never do that. <laughs> That's this cruel eight- and unusual. I would have vetoed that. <laughs> yeah, there, I, I guess I would have had to uh, counter by watching the entire uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend series mm-hmm. and not just eight yeah. episodes. But That's true. None of us want to do all of that, right? <laughs> Correct. Mm-hmm. Well, before the game starts, we have some LRB business to do. We will bring you your Week in Review, do some housekeeping, and tell you how you can get involved with the show. Let's get right into LRB business because we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, First up, the Friday show was a best of, otherwise known as rerun, sort of, of uh, the show from way back in the early days of LRB with the wonderful Lauren Castelli. Uh, it was when Mike and Christy talked with Lauren about the um, infamous Ross Dress for Less segment on TBTL with Ross <laughs> Dress for Less enthusiast Katie Springer. And we learned we must always say the full name Ross Dress for Less. And uh, lest you think that we're just bringing you a complete rerun, uh, Lauren did jump back on the line with Bobby to bring you an update on what's going on in her life. Um she was featured on the the live anniversary 
a stream when she called in and that sneaky little devil we did not know at the time that she got back in for a second phone call <laughs> so she was all over that live stream but it made us wonder what's going on with Lauren again and so she joined Bobby to talk about this book that she was involved in creating the love is love book about celebrating uh, gay marriage and then they also talked I, I think it was Bobby that called it the clean side of poop talk or maybe Lauren did. I can't remember, but it was great. They talked about uh, the Jan-San industry, the janitorial and sanitation industry. And Lauren was delightful, as she always is. So if you haven't checked that out, it's definitely worth going back and listening to. She's probably my favorite 10. She's just so great and and has such a great attitude. She is pretty much the opposite of me. She's <laughs> the, the yang to my yin and... And we need her. Yeah, her her enthusiasm is unmatched. It's inspiring. Mm -hmm. Yep. I don't know how she gets all that energy. And it seems like every year when the TBTLathon comes, Lauren uh, like writes this just beautiful moving post that she puts in the Stens page about how important TBTL is, or she calls into the show with a beautiful voicemail that just makes everybody remember why we love the show and why it's worth donating. Uh, too. She's she's a quality individual. I just I really like her a lot. Mm-hmm. If I ever return that stolen van to Jacksonville, I'm definitely going to check in on Lauren. <laughs> That's good. That's good. It's two birds, one stone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Making amends. Uh, let's move on to a quick update on our upcoming uh, LRB Pop Culture Challenge. Mike has watched his episodes of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend in preparation to talk about it with Bobby. Bobby is in the midst of moving uh, Sam and the majority of their possessions to Buffalo this weekend. So I'm not exactly sure what his timeline on on watching his episodes will be. But you guys will will get together and have a conversation about that. I cannot wait to talk with Bobby about this. I cannot wait to dish about this. (laughs) I... I didn't take a, a lot of notes on the eighth episode, so I rewatched it um, earlier this week, and it led me to do something that I never thought I would do. Oh, now I can't wait. <laughs> um, on our side of the equation, Meredith, uh, we're recording on Sunday morning, so you and I are getting ready for for our assignment of watching the Super Bowl. I am. It, it seems to be a common theme that people are undecided as who to root for. So I've been thinking about that, and at first I thought, well, I mean, Tom Brady is very handsome. Everybody says he is, so I should root for his team, right? But then this morning I opened the fridge, and I had a block of Philadelphia cream cheese. And I thought, well, that <laughs> seems to be like a sign, so I don't yeah. know. <laughs> um, from my limited knowledge of football, um, the Patriots... Mike, please correct me if I'm wrong. Are the, the overdog here? Are they, <laughs> yeah, they favored? Are, they're the favorite. So I'm going to root for the Eagles. Just because I, I think it seems pretty in vogue to hate the Patriots. I agree. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Wholeheartedly. But Minnesotans are supposed to be mad at the Eagles right now. But I'm not right. a Minnesotan. Do That's... I care as a Detroit fan? Probably not. Oh, Detroit. <laughs> Detroit is a more tragic franchise than Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, they've never done anything. Cleveland used to win NFL championships before there were Super Bowls. Detroit has never won anything of any kind ever in the history of ever. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I got to root for the underdog here. 
Yeah. All right. That seems reasonable. Why did I think Minnesota was involved in this? Is in Minnesota? Yeah. Yes. Oh, the game Lord. Is in, in I am not prepared for this. I've, I've spent a lot of time today thinking about, and actually this whole weekend, thinking about the food I'm going to make for tonight. Exactly. Um, that's what I'm focusing on here. Like, I've got bacon-wrapped everything in the works. I've got <laughs> extreme nachos. I've got pork rinds. I've got... Uh, peanut butter filled pretzels if I need to soak up some of the alcohol. I'm trying not to drink beer, so I'm going to um, stick with bourbon tonight, I think. That's mm-hmm. going to be my jam. Well, you so, don't want to fill up on beer. So I, right. I can't drink a lot of beer and eat a lot of food. No. you got to make a choice. And there. I'm prioritizing the food, and I need to concentrate the alcohol. Sure. So it's bourbon sure. tonight, I think. Um, I have a somewhat uh, loaded question. Are you watching this with people? or I'm going to watch with my roommates. We're going to be at home and watch it here. Okay, so all are this they, food are they is not just a sacrifice? for you. No, we're all inside dork kids. Like nobody knows anything about football. Okay, <laughs> so they're just this is a sympathy watch. For, we've we've for... already had a conversation about who is the most annoying person to watch sports with, and we're all agreed that it's a draw because none of us know anything, and we're not going to have anyone who knows stuff to annoy. Mm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> DM me. So. <laughs> <laughs> You want to be annoying? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, no, I want. I just want to uh, mansplain <laughs> to you through okay. DM. All right. I'll keep you posted. Hmm. All right. Uh, moving on, we have some special thanks today. Christy uh, asked if we could mention some people because um, there were a few people who uh, had extra tickets to the live show that for whatever reason they weren't going to be able to use. And uh, Christy arranged to uh, do a little drawing of some people who were still looking for tickets. And so uh, I I wasn't involved. I'm not sure exactly how it happened. But she wanted us to give a special thanks to Will McQuillan, Colleen Rosillis, and Tanya Redinger for providing those extra tickets for the people who were so desperately trying to find them. Uh, And there was a fair amount of that going around on the Stens page. Please, does anybody have any extra tickets? I would say that Maybe uh, if we could think about that, this might be a good reason to maybe not post that picture of the time you saw some land Yeagers, because <laughs> when you mm-hmm. do those posts of all the people saying, please, can somebody help me with tickets? Those went straight down to the bottom of the pile and yeah. they weren't seen by as many people as they could have been. So Christy was on it and kind of keeping track and tried to help as many people out as as she could with that. So thanks to those people for making some other people's night. That was really nice of them. Christy also uh, was able to hook some people up with some taco coupons, so that was helpful <laughs> as well. Yes, that's true. <laughs> really, you should have pinned that taco coupon, Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, you know, there were a lot more people that were going to be able to buy tacos that day than get into that show, that's for sure. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, I'm still uh, intending to put together a show on the top 10 reasons why TBTL is still here after 10 years. I probably shouldn't wait until too much longer or we'll start creeping towards 11 years and then the theme won't be as uh, on target. But uh, please still free, feel free to call us with your reason why TBTL is still around. Why TBTL matters to you. They kind of did a version of this on the show this week, but I'm thinking more of a specific thing. Like I use the example to say uh, drops. 
drops are one reason why the show mm-hmm. is still around. So if you have a good thought about that, just give us a call at our voicemail, 802-432-TBTL, 802-432-8285, and uh, let us know. Uh, the next item on the list of business is a little bit sad, Meredith. Yeah, it's really sad. So um, if any of you guys are my Facebook friend, you probably saw this post I had to make last week. Um, Unfortunately, Stevie, the cat who likes to drown out Mike's voice with his loud, loud purrs, has passed away. Um, He was doing great until I came home from work last Tuesday, and he suddenly uh, was having a real hard time using his legs, his back legs. So I took him in right away. And they weren't sure what it was, and they were thinking he had arthritis, so I thought maybe his knee had gone out, but it became increasingly clear that there was something wrong with his brain. He kept flopping over and turning to the right, um, and he didn't seem to be in any pain, and he could still feel his legs, um, so that was good, um, but he just was having a really hard time moving around. Um, he was perfectly happy and hungry and everything, you know, everything else was normal. But his back legs just weren't working very well. And he had to stay overnight at the emergency vet. And they replaced some electrolytes and gave him an IV and some pain medicine just in case and kept him comfortable. And I called them in the morning and they started talking to me about quality of life. And I was like, Mm. oh, I see. Okay. So they said, you know, it's probably something in his brain. You could take him to a neurologist, get an MRI and have brain surgery to remove whatever this is. And I was Mm. like... This is a 13-year-old cat. And there was also no guarantee it was going to help anything. I was like, this is a 13-year-old cat. He's already got arthritis pretty bad. And I just didn't want to put him through anything else. Um, So I did make that decision pretty quickly. And so I left work on Wednesday morning and went and... And uh, they took me into the, you know, the grieving room with the soft lighting and the tissues everywhere. (laughs) And I got to sit on a couch and they brought him in wrapped in a blanket and I got to pet him. I'm not going to cry. And uh, he already had an IV. So it's not he didn't even have another injection. You know, it was so quick. And I was petting him and I got him purring before they did it <laughs> and I made sure that I got a little video of him purring beforehand mm-hmm. and it was just exactly as loud and thunderous as it always was and he loves he's so attached to me and he loves me so much that as soon as he saw me he started purring even though he was sick um and uh he just he he just went to sleep and it was very easy and it was horrible and I sat there and cried ah, here I go um for you know a good 20 minutes afterwards until I was ready to get up and go home Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel good about that decision. I think it was the right thing to do. It's just really yeah. awful. Yeah. Maybe we could use that, um, that I, cause you posted that video, right? With, with the, with him purring, right? The, yeah. I put it in our chat. Yeah. So maybe the next time I'm annoying, like right now, <laughs> you could just <laughs> lay that right over me yeah. and no one would have to listen to me. <laughs> We could just loop it a few times. <laughs> <laughs> it's comforting to me that we've got his purr on tape. He was on the last recap I was on, I think. He was. He was on my it lap. was just a couple days before yep. that happened. Yep. And he was fine. So uh, anyway. My my personal experience with Stevie was, uh, I think it was the last time I was up there, which was um, for Super Bowl mm-hmm. when when uh, when I went to the theater with y'all. Right. Um when when I went to bed, it was like probably around midnight or so. Uh, when I um, 
wheeled my ass into the room. There he was on the corner of the bed, and I petted him, and he was purring <laughs> furiously. <laughs> and uh, but I had to I had to kick him out uh, because you know there's no litter box back there. So. Right. Yeah. It was sad, but uh, he was there to to greet me, and I was like, "Hey, my nemesis. Uh, <laughs> he's a he's a bigger man than me." He was a, it was a brief truce. I'm glad that that, yeah, that right, happened. Right. Yeah, he went behind <laughs> enemy lines. Yep, he did. Yeah, he was like, "Let's talk," and by that <laughs> I mean you pet me. <laughs> he voices his approval. Mm-hmm. Oh well, he was a good cat, and we'll yeah. miss him. Yeah. 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 But Michael have to find a new nemesis now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Something tells me it won't be long. No. <laughs> no, I'm I'm I make nemeses pretty easily. <laughs> well, let's move on to something um from the sad to the sweet and somewhat confounding. We have a jam tracker update and we got the notification last night that Aiden McQuillan is getting us out of a lot of jams and I have to say Aiden those episodes where Mike talked about robbing banks those were cautionary tales they weren't (laughs) telling you what to do to get money because I'm not sure how you came up with that cheddar that key bank in uh, Lake Meridian uh, (laughs) might be a little lighter but that was a wonderful surprise I mean I suppose he could have gotten a hold of Will's credit card that's a better play I I think it, this this situation is kind of like when um when you were a kid and you were would hang outside the convenience store the liquor store and you'd try to give some money to an adult um so they get you some beer or some booze <laughs> he's I think he's he heard about the 90 beers and he was like yeah I'm interested in 90 beers can you guys get me <laughs> 90 Guinness for my little Irish ass sure only what nine more years, and we can give him his beard. <laughs> well, we could take him to Europe, and it's all good. It's all good. All right. Well, that's a plan then. <laughs> so, thank you very much, Aiden. Uh, you remain. Aiden, you're the best. Our best. Our best mm-hmm. listener. I want to meet you, Aiden. <laughs> Someday. All right. Um, let's see. We have just a couple of throw your phones to do before we get started with the week. Uh, uh, the one that made me laugh was from Kalina. She says, God damn it, LRP, you pyroled me. (laughs) Uh, Kalina, that was all Bobby who put American Pie at the end of last week's recap. So please blame him for that. (laughs) No, of course not. (laughs) That was very funny. I actually did laugh when I got to that part. Yeah. That was funny, Bobby. Uh, Kalina, I want to say to you, please listen to the end of today's episode because I have come across a piece of audio that I'm going to put at the end that I think you're going to appreciate. That's Mm. my tease for that. All right. And then we also got a throw your phone from Margaret who says, this is a hug my phone. Listening to the first recap of the anniversary shows, I had the same reaction as Mike when Luke saw the eight ball Carrie brought him. In the microsecond after he said, oh, an eight ball, I thought to myself, what? <laughs> you just said that out loud? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not judging. I'm okay if she provided them with an eight ball, but let's not put ourselves on front street here. I mean... There could be some people with a conscience listening that might mm, turn you in. I mean, they did have to stay awake for a really long time. 
Yeah. I would have gone eight ball myself, but. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's a last resort. You don't want to yeah. start hour three or whatever it was no. when Carrie got on board. <laughs> sure. <eight> ball. Sure. <laughs> sure. Because once you're on the eight ball, you need to, you're going to need another one. <laughs> well, you would know better than me. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for that, Margaret. That was pretty funny. Uh, and one more item in business that you brought to the table, Meredith. Yes, I just wanted to um, give a little shout out to Sydney McElroy. Um, when she heard that I was moving back to Michigan, she uh, hit me up on Messenger and was like, hey, let's go have a drink when you get into town. And so it took forever to set that up. But we went out last night. Um, we went to the new Founders Tap Room in Detroit. And it was a lovely time. It was so good to meet her. She was awesome. We sat there for three hours. Wow. Um, just talking and it did not feel that long and when I got home you know you it was it was a Saturday night so it was kind of busy and I I, I realized that my voice was hoarse <laughs> from <Right>. talking <laughs> and she was like I'm sorry for talking so much I was like well you listen to me all the time it's your turn but then I still get <laughs> home and my voice is all sore so it was a great great time and um this is just another good example of TBTL turning imaginary friends into real friends Aww. that's fantastic yeah that's so cool I really like her I she She's very funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. she online. is. Yep. Hi, Sydney. All right. Done with business. Uh, let's get to the week in review. Oh, I don't know how long the show is going to be. Monday, number 2564, Louie, Stewie, and Fooey. Um, We're into episode six of the anniversary, which means it's 10 a.m. in Seattle, and they're about to head to Roslyn to pick up Jen. Uh, they have a new driver, driver Jim, which is the one I think um, Phyllis posted all the pictures of Jim dressed in his super sharp coat and his his fly shoes, as she said. Uh, he was a good driver. And David from the basement is still here, still going strong. Uh, they say that he did work all day. He worked an eight hour shift at Starbucks yesterday and then got on the van and has been been going along with them. So good for him. Uh, Carrie is briefly in the van because she's going to take Kamara Kev home and then she's going to go to this coffee shop and and do some work. I wrote down on my notes here that I officially love David. I don't even remember what he said, but he made a joke that was so funny. I was like, okay, I love him. I do. (laughs) Number one Burbank. That's just all, all there is. He's my favorite Burbank as oh, well. Oh, he's so great. Uh, they start by taking a call from Kevin number three from Bellingham. I didn't remember that there were two other Kevins, but I guess this is Kevin number three. Well, were they counting Camaro Kevin? Oh. Or just these were three three Kevin callers? I don't know. I thought it was three Kevin callers, but I guess if you put Camaro okay. Kev in the mix, that would work. Uh, so Kevin is a truck driver, so they start asking him all sorts of questions about Uh, truck driving despite that uh he really has a story that he wants to tell them which you know they keep him on the phone for like seven or eight minutes and then they're luke's trying to wrap up the call and kevin's like but i have something to tell you guys and they're like oh okay um and so this was a, a a bathroom story that was um somewhat confusing to the guys as they've gone 24 hours with no sleep at this point but it was about a stall that he was in that didn't lock And then he got walked in on. I don't know. And then there was like a part B of the story that didn't seem to have anything to do with the part A of the story, except that it happened on the same on the same day in the same hiking trip or something where he interrogated some people on the trail about a cat. 
Well, back to the bathroom story. My advice to anyone who has to get into a stall that won't lock, this is some advice that I can't do myself, but uh, those that can't do teach. Um, <laughs> put your leg up against the uh, door. You yeah. Know? Secure yeah. it solidly with your foot. Mm-hmm. I mean, that does sometimes make things difficult depending on what you're trying to accomplish right in there how long your legs are and if the door opens in or out but if if uh (laughs) if you hear someone about slap your slap your foot up there and and, um, until they've passed by that's very sage advice thank you again i cannot do it myself (laughs) but maybe that's what you should uh, keep a stick for Camerica right. had the the right. stick to right. turn the ignition on in the Camaro. Mm-hmm. You can you can have <laughs> this, a always a have a stick to... with you. This is what we're learning <laughs> from TVTL uh, in general. And the last thing that Kevin wants to share is that his girlfriend loves the Browns, so she's sympathetic to Andrew on that point. I think we're all sympathetic to Andrew. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't even like sports, and I'm still sympathetic to him over his mm-hmm. Browns woes. The top story today is that Roslyn, where they're heading, uh, doubled as this Alaska town. What was it? Sicily? Sicily, Alaska in Northern Exposure. And they talk a little bit about that show. Luke loved Northern Exposure. Um, He talks specifically about John Corbett's role as that small town DJ just doing his thing, which, of course, feeds, as Andrew points out, into his Marfa fantasy of just having the little like storefront radio store or radio station where he can just be a part of the rhythms of the town. So I guess he's been dreaming of that um, even back since 1990 or whenever Northern Exposure was on. And um, Andrew didn't get it. He didn't really watch Northern Exposure. I didn't either, and I've wanted to watch it for a long time, but it's not streaming anywhere. Hmm. It's worthwhile. It's a it's a fun show. It's, mm-hmm. it's a good show. I, I think I would just have to break some laws in order to get with that. Well, you guys... Maybe uh, Walter Burbank can hook you up. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. Go. This, is, this, this has a library DVD written all over it. I bet you can just go right. rent it. Oh, mm-hmm. good thought. You don't have to resort to pirating. <laughs> A little thumb drive, unlabeled, <laughs> repackaged. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll weigh my options. Maybe you can get your youngest son to take you on a trip to Roslyn. Sure. Washington. <laughs> uh, they read an email from Ann Miner. Hey, Ann. I chat with Ann sometimes through text. Um, and she uh, wants to know if they... They're familiar with this uh, coast-to-coast story from the Art Bell era, which Luke loves. It's about something called Mel's Hole, which is allegedly a bottomless pit near Ellensburg, uh, which cracked me up. Luke says, do they know how deep it is? I'm like, Luke, bottomless pit. Bottomless. <laughs> right. <laughs> how many fries can I get at Red Robin? I, I just don't know. No one can really know. I was like, what are they talking about? What is Mel's Hole? And it has a Wikipedia page, so I read that. And it was some guy called Mel Waters who called into Coast to Coast talking about this bottomless pit. Um, So Luke's and Andrew then are kind of talking about, you know, well, has anybody... I mean, what happens when they measure it? Um, The hole doesn't exist. Nobody ever found it. There is even... What happens when they measure it? (laughs) Nothing! (laughs) 
there was some other guy who said once upon a time that he knew where it was, but then he took like a whole party of people to search mm. for it, and he can't he can't find it. So it's a made up like thing. Like when George Costanza <laughs> took his uh, his in laws uh, to the end of Long Island looking for his home, his, right. his summer home. <laughs> it's right around All here right. somewhere. <laughs> we go on foot from here. But they think that if if this was a story that wasn't just completely made up, it was probably just an old mine shaft. So it it in fact is mm-hmm. not a bottomless pit. And there was some were some stories about how you could reanimate animals or something. Dead animals would come back to life if they went in the hole or whatever. Um, good story. Sounds like a coast to coast thing to me. Yeah, they would come back to life, but you'd never see them again because they would keep falling because it's fucking bottomless. <laughs> Maybe there are stairs, Mike. Who sides? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, okay, so at this point, they're about to go through the pass, and they know that they're going to lose cell reception. Uh, so they decide to... Oh, and they really hope that they'll be able to pick up cell reception when they get through the pass because, you know, they're going to be out in the boondocks then, and who knows what kind of cell technology they have out there. That pissed Anne off, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yes, it did. Not, um, not you, No, Anne, not me. Anne Minor. Anne Minor. So while they're going through the pass, they decide to play a gem from the TBTL Audio Pantry, and they played the Prezine episode where they all made Cheetos and crusted mackerel in the studio and got in a lot of trouble afterwards. And <laughs> I know for the um, the audio pantry stuff last week, uh, like the George Brett story, I fast forwarded through that because I've heard it a million times and it's a poop story and I'm not into that. And I intended to fast forward through the Prezine story, but I couldn't because I just listened to yeah, it and it was very hooky. It was so brilliant. The way that, and I know that we have, um, we have an episode where we covered the Prezine story, right, Mike? I believe we do. Yes. Um, I forgot to look up which one it is, but it's in our archives. So if people would like to listen to a deeper discussion on the whole Prezine experiment, you can um, scroll scroll back in our archives. Uh, But I did just love how Jen and Sean so, so got into it. And really just seized on those prison personas and really started bullying Luke the whole time. I just enjoyed the whole thing. Yeah. Fantastic. Yep. Magic. Um, so as they're coming out of the past, they're experiencing some cell issues and they decide to do a bunch of trivial pursuit questions. And I did not bother to <laughs> record any of those. I'm like, I'm not writing down 10 trivial pursuit questions in my notes. Um, oh, oh, but I did write down, how does David not know that Huey, Dewey and Louie are Scrooge's nephews? I know. Do kids Is not know that, that anymore? Young? Holy cow. <laughs> We're old, guys. I know. Uh, and so then the the treat of the episode is that they take a call, or I guess place the call, to television's Chris Hayes. It was really fun. Uh, what, what, um, what struck me uh, was I thought that Luke knew Chris Hayes personally before I did too. the deal started. Yeah. But he just heard about it through a friend or his wife or somebody and just started listening and just became a fan, um, not in the usual way, 
you know, like like uh, the Wait Wait or you know Live Wire or whatever. Um, so he he was just a, basically a rando mm-hmm. who happens to be television's Chris Hayes. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, so this call did get delayed for a little while, and when Chris explained the reason, it made me laugh because he said his daughter had just got some <laughs> body part stuck in like a banister or a railing or something, and she panicked. <laughs> That just always reminds me of the like uh, Leave It to Beaver episode where you know he's got it, you know the he's always stuck in the coffee cup up on some billboard or you know just it it sounds made up but you know it was a real panicky yep. situation mm-hmm. or whatever. It's funny. It's one of those things that even if you don't have kids, it's a situation that it's like instantly familiar. I'm like, oh, yep, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Of course, you, you get a little panicked for them, mm-hmm. you know, and that panic feeling of "I'm never getting out of this." <laughs> right, right. What was it? Was it Luke that just he got his uh, sleeve caught in a fence and he just thought, "Yes, well, I'm just gonna sleep here now." <laughs> this is where I live now. Yeah. <laughs> Take your jacket off. <laughs> I love kids, yeah. uh, and we get to congratulate Chris on the new addition to his family because baby Anya was born on the 3rd of January. I really like the name Anya. Way to go. And I think that those of us who follow the Stens page may have seen that somebody mm, semi-creepily screenshot Chris's Twitter announcement and posted it on the page. So um, she's a beautiful baby. Uh, They talk about how President Obama once complimented Chris on his fertility because the first time they met, his wife was pregnant with their first child, and the second time they met, she was pregnant with the second child. (laughs) And so (laughs) whenever Obama That's why they kept going. Yeah. We have a directive from the president. We have to keep reproducing. (laughs) I would make sure the next time I ran into the president, I would have two pregnant ladies on my arm. (laughs) Nice. Each holding two babies. Well, this lady happened to be standing behind my wife when I impregnated her, and she just happened to... I'm, I'm for one, very pleased that people like Chris and his wife are having all the children. That's fine. Yes. They can keep reproducing. (laughs) Have 20 kids, please. please. Um, So then they get into, I think, what we were all waiting for and have been waiting for for months, which was a discussion of the yo-yo-yo scandal. (laughs) One of his most embarrassing moments of his life. (laughs) And the funny thing was that Chris said he actually forgot that he played the drop instead of singing it. He actually thought that that was him singing. And he was so proud of himself that he bragged to his wife about what a good singer he was. <laughs> I think he might work so hard and be so tired all the time, just like the guys were tired during this part of the trip, where, you know, reality can sometimes be a creation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, yep. It was pretty funny. I think, I, I think me on normal sleep or whatever, I would remember whether or not I queued up something or sure. sang it. But he's got. I'm sure he never sleeps. He's oh, got four young no. children. Four, four young children. Yeah, now? yeah. Three or four. Oh boy. He was in. He was in some sort of state. And he works late, and I'm sure gets up early. Poor mm-hmm. guy. I'll give him a pass. It's pretty funny though. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Uh, yeah. Uh, they do get into his TBTL history. Somebody on Facebook commented that he uh, answered like half of the patented Christie. Uh, TBTL interview questions that we ask when we have guests on the show. 
you know, when did you first start listening? What made you attend? Mm. Those questions. And he did say he started listening as far back as, as the end of 2008. Which, I didn't realize that. Yeah. When his, his wife was on the Obama transition team, not to brag, and working really long hours. And then he needed the company. And then he says, quote, he just got used to it, which I think describes <laughs> a lot of our experience. Yep. <laughs> and he says that he really loves the sense of, of company and um, he can listen to it without it being mentally taxing, which I thought was a great point. And I do that the same thing as well, because there are lots of incredibly smart, thoughtful, interesting podcasts that teach me a lot about history or the world or whatever. But sometimes I just don't, I can't, I don't have the brain power to listen to that. And I always think, yeah, I totally want to listen to that, but not right now. And so TVGL can really fill that, that void. Uh, And Luke compares it to watching HGTV. And I think that's a wonderful comparison. Yeah. Uh, And that was about the end of Monday's show. All right, Tuesday, 2565, Crew de Grace. Uh, Meredith, thank yes. you for taking Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for taking Tuesday. When I saw the running time, which was two hours and 36, 36 minutes. minutes, yep. Um, I just said, I don't care what is on Wednesday and Friday, but I, I just can't face it. I can't face... <laughs> It was a long slog, and I, like I was saying before the show, I still don't have my podcast uh, routine down for my mm-hmm. new life, and so it was a, it was a lot of work this week <laughs> to get all this down. I just, I just, you know, got my my uh, card and just punched out. <laughs> Not doing Tuesday. I don't care if they fire me from the show. I don't care. Well, this brings up the question: Does anybody like need a bathroom break before we start this? i'm gonna whiz through this one because there was a lot it it helped that i i didn't get a chance to listen to a lot of the live stream but i did listen to a lot of this one so this was this was review material for me um so it was actually good that i took this day um and uh blissfully i didn't have any other days this week so this was enough this was enough um the show starts out with them in Roslyn to pick up jen and they did not have any champagne for her which bobby remedied Thank goodness. Because he felt like that was just wrong. It was. And yeah, they just had sad carrots. Wait a minute. I just think, I just think that um, they did a poor job communicating with Jen before this whole experience. Uh, she had a lot of um, misapprehensions about what the show was going to be. And I think it was just because they didn't really let her in on that. And part of that would be like, this isn't a party van because it can't be. Yeah, for this, this is serious long. business, and we're in our forties now. <laughs> we can't drink for twenty four hours straight. But I think they could have bent a little bit, and you know, just been celebratory of everyone that came in the van. Well, they could than... give Jen champagne. They didn't have to drink it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. They should have. There should have been some touches, like instead of you know. Phyllis uh, wandering around the van taking pictures and the driver going, oh, here we go. Another <laughs> another Seattle freezer, you know, walking around the van. They could have stepped out at some point or at least right. sent David out as a as a valet, you know, to mm-hmm. uh, to welcome people. But um, so I think uh, everyone was a little off on this score mm-hmm. throughout both both of uh, both weeks. 
and that one day, I guess. Okay, I'll grant you that. Um, while we're talking about getting to Roslyn, I wanted to read Anne's Throw Your Phone. Um, she said, regarding the trip over the pass, yes, Roslyn is a small town, but good Lord, Central Washington University is 30 minutes away. Do they really think we don't have basic modern communication infrastructure like cell phone towers and internet? <laughs> Somebody needs to tell all the folks moving here from the Seattle area to telecommute if that's the case. Phone screen is cracked, so I can't afford to actually throw my phone. Thanks for being here. You're welcome, Anne. Shout out to, uh, Aaron Roden, um, CWU. What, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> they have computers. What's a computer? I don't know. <laughs> oh, kids these days. Um, Fuck that kid. They discuss the TBTL promos that are exist- that are popping up on other shows, and they play the one from Never Not Funny. It's Jimmy Pardo reading this copy that he's clearly never read before, mm-hmm. uh, and he, in the moment, nicks the Andrew joke, and he kind of sort of mentions LRB, but not by name. He just calls us a fan cast. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. They, they won't <laughs> listen to our show. They kind of act slightly passive aggressive to us. They're like, oh, I wonder what they're going to be saying about this on LRP. And then they use us to sell themselves on other yep. podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not getting a piece <laughs> of that. Um, Jen notes that the van was a little fancier than she thought and they it sounds like they maybe cleaned it up a bit for her even if there wasn't champagne she was impressed with it um, they intro granny time and then Luke just starts talking about stuff he did which is <laughs> not granny time um, they tried real hard to, to get this going but Luke takes over and talks about a gig he did I'm assuming it was Microsoft but I don't know because he just won't mention the company name Right. He never mentions them by name. Or it I know, could have been Amazon. Weird. He did I guess it could have been Amazon, Amazon, right? Yeah, it could have been. You know, I have to confess that I, I I'm often pretty jealous of, of Luke. You know, like he's living what could have been my best life as you know, someone who could could do these type of things. But in no world am I ever jealous of these corporate things. Ugh. I would not do I don't care if I have to starve. I don't care if I have to live on the streets. I would never want to do one of those things. Oh, it sounds terrible. They sound yeah. awful. Well, and this one went particularly badly. Um, <laughs> I know, I know. This nobody was like, paying attention. Oof. The mic didn't work. Nobody clapped. Uh, the mic sort of half worked. Um, the slides didn't work and they didn't time it right. His jokes didn't work because he's talking to a bunch of people from what India he said about mm-hmm. U2 and Vanilla Ice and nobody cared or knew who they were. I mean, they probably knew who they were, but they were maybe not good jokes. And then the CEO took his non-working mic and then he called the CEO the wrong name, <laughs> which is so unluke like because it's mm-hmm. his superpower to remember names. I was shocked at this. Like, how mm-hmm. could he not have gotten her name right? He must have been so rattled by the, all yeah. the other stuff that had preceded it. He was way off his game. Yeah, it's like you. It's like a, a basketball player that gets who, who shoots ninety percent free throws, but he's so rattled that he misses four free throws in a row, and all of a sudden, I can't even do the thing that I'm known for. Mm-hmm. So, I suck. Well, nothing went right for this event. Like nothing went right. So. 
I guess we can forgive him on that, but I was still surprised. We get an actual Grandy time. Um, Jen tells us about, uh, she goes to the city planning meetings and they wanted everybody to decide where the bike racks were going to go. And it just like a uh, buckshot <laughs> of dots all over the map, like bike racks everywhere. <laughs> I could have told you that was going to happen. <laughs> so they abandoned that idea immediately. <laughs> Moved on to a um, a uh, wayfinding sign planning um about you know trails and parks this way and uh jen brought up a dog park and a woman stood up and said um excuse me that's a toddler park what is a toddler park what is a toddler park i've never heard of such a thing i've never heard of it either but i think the same pick up the poop policy should still be in place you know every time i've been to a playground they don't have those poop bags for the kids and they really should now that i Mm -hmm. think of it those nice ones you can put over your hand, turn inside out. Yeah. Well, this, <laughs> um, she uh, kind of had a, an, it's a minor altercation with this woman, and but the, but the woman won. And so they, they resigned to call it a toddler park, but that's not a thing. So now it's just a nothing park. <laughs> it's just a field of dirt. That's what every dog park turns into because they kill the grass and they dig it. Yeah. And so there's no dirt. There's no grass. There's no nice places to sit. It's just a dirt field. And dogs love it. That's great for dogs. That's not great for toddlers or anybody else. Or so, your car. Yeah. I mean, why? You wouldn't take your children there unless there was a playground or at least equipment of some right. sort. Right. Well, Weird. If your toilet's not working, you take your kids down there a couple times a day. <laughs> Jen also tells us about the ill-fated new librarian in Roslyn who, her name is Brenda, of course, and she sent an email to basically the entire town without BCCing. So everyone's email, you had to scroll for miles to get to the actual dumb little email, which was one line. And then she did it again with the apology email. And she's pretty much gone now. I think they must have hung her in the town square. Oh, and then there's some talk about small town drama and gossip and complaining about small portions at restaurants and complaining about Jen's house. Well, that made me want to see Jen's house. Me too. I bet it's fabulous. Mm-hmm. But she said they painted it black. That's an interesting choice. I can see that. I can see that. If it's like a modern, I'm in, imagining it's some sort of modern mansion-y kind of thing. And I can see that if it's like black and wood. Hmm. I'm going to get us a picture of that house. Okay. Jen sent me a really sweet email after the show. And I, I'm i going to use that sentiment to trade for a picture of that house. Oh, good. <laughs> we appreciate you using your goodwill for our benefit. Sure, sure, sure. sure. <laughs> to judge this black paint job. <laughs> right. Uh, we get even more granny time. This was a wealth of granny time. This was excellent. I love this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Jen being totally baffled by Adam Levine's outfit on Jimmy Kimmel. He wore like a giant shirt with Tupac's face on it, a really long blazer, Timberlands and joggers with like um, elastic around the ankle. And according to David from the basement, this is kind of a thing. Um, he's the young person mm. spokesman. Um, it shouldn't be for short people. Short people should not wear long shirts because 
then looks like what are you trying to be king or something? He looks is like he's wearing robe? his dad's jacket. Is what <laughs> right. it looks like. I'm um, trying to find oh, a picture of it, but let's I teach can't. him how to shave. I I looked it up and it, it really is silly. I'll send it to you. Okay. Um, I mean, it looks sillier, and I can only see from like the shoulders up when he's on the show. But I would rethink that platinum bleach job, frankly. Yes, I was gonna say it's the pictures where he's got that really weird bleach tips. Yeah, what's happening? What's happening? Um, they talk about how kind of thirsty and insecure uh, Adam Levine seems on um, what is that dumb show that they do? <laughs> the the one with Blake Shelton, The Voice, and how he always wants Blake Shelton's approval, and they think he's trying too hard. Yuck. I don't want Blake Shelton's approval for anything. (laughs) (laughs) Same. (laughs) Um, Next up is a lovely call from our own Christy Wise. (laughs) And she has some sweet messages about how TBTL has impacted her life. I mean, you know, she met her husband through TBTL. Uh, They were uh, he proposed to her on TBTL and a lot of her friends are from TBTL. So that was awesome. Yeah. And they were super sweet and sounded happy to, to, to hear from her. And she plugged the pre-funk party at, what are they calling it? Intelligentsia Brewing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that name. Coffee and beer. I'm in favor of that. That's fine. Um, they discuss a little bit about one the mystery that wasn't solved. There was like a trivia portion to this. Um, and it was something about the I had pancakes for dinner, which means that yeah. pizza is free. Like, they didn't solve it. Yeah, yeah. Um, then they talk about, uh, let's see. Oh, Walter Burbank's pirating kind of method is, is, is amazing. He shows up to his, his kids in his grandkids' house with, with repackaged thumb drives. He puts them back in their packaging to make it look less suspicious. But they're full of pirated BBC shows. It's <laughs> amazing. It really is. Oh, and the dazzling deets are insane. He got a cease and desist letter from his cable company. And so he got a VPN. Mm-hmm. He's a tech wizard. <laughs> Way to go, Walter. Nothing's going to stand between him and a free episode of Church. Uh, let's see. Oh, um, Jen is wearing her Sterlington collection ring. Um, she talks about how a listener from, who worked at PBS offered to let her watch Downton Abbey early, and she refused because she wants to watch it with the people. I think so. I could hear Phyllis screaming when I was listening to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? That hurt my heart. I would have totally <laughs> taken her up on that. <laughs> um, we get an email from listener Renee about Swanee. This is totally uh, Swanies. foreign. Swanee's. Yeah. Swanee yeah. who started Swanee's at what, Comedy Underground? Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Swanee's was the bar and Comedy Underground was underneath there Okay, where they would uh, do the comedy. And so Swanee's now in Roslyn, I think. And so Renee wanted to know if Jen knew him. Um, and then they talk about the Netflix documentary, which is called Battered Bastards of Baseball, um, that has this guy in it. And they mention how he sometimes umpires local games with a beer in his hand. <laughs> Sounds like the way to do it. Mm-hmm. It makes it easier to deal with the parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, next is a call from listener Ben in Pittsburgh, and this was one of my favorite moments of this episode. Yes. Um, it was such a good call, and Ben uh, is a paramedic. Um, he was working a custom car show, so pretty low risk calling in, um, but his radio was on in the background at first. <laughs> pretty funny. Ah, <laughs> uh, turn that shit turn down. That, turn your radio down in the background. Click. Someone just caught on fire. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm talking, talking to a to... podcast right now. Right. 
Um, and Jen made it very clear that when when she is rescued, and he goes, when? Because <laughs> Jen is positive this is going to happen sometime. She's in a backdraft situation. She's fainted over her, her chase or something um, in a beautiful dress, probably. And she wants right. him or the fire person who who rescues her to pick her up gently and gingerly like she's being carried over a threshold not like a sack of potatoes over their shoulder and he said he Mm. would try and he was sort of reluctant at first like i you know it depends on the situation depends on how much time i I might need my hands uh but she persisted hashtag she persisted and um (laughs) he agreed that he would try to carry her gently next time and then she feel said, free to kick me out the door or whatever you need to do. Yeah. Get me out. I don't care. Um, but Jen as says... As long as I'm still breathing, this is the important part. Keep right. me breathing. Jen says, you're welcome, ladies, because she is clearly into this fireman paramedic business. Oh, goodness gracious. And he mentions that firefighting is hot, which we already knew uh, in more than one way, and that the Heimlich Maneuver still works. It's an oldie but a goodie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is reliable. It does work. And Luke is very concerned. All he wants to talk about is fire truck etiquette. He wonders why fire trucks come to medical calls. And he wonders if um, there's an ambulance behind him and he can't get out of the way. If they know that he's trying, he's doing his best. And Ben says they don't really care. They still kind of hate him. Which my brother is a paramedic and he says the exact same thing. I'm like, but sometimes I can't. And he's like, well, I don't care. <laughs> We're still trying to <laughs> save someone's life. So <laughs> I'm still going to be mad at you. I very much appreciated that Luke asked the question about why do you take the whole truck if it's not a fire? So I was very... But that was an excellent answer. Yeah, it was a great answer. I'm glad to know that now. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a really excellent call. And Ben's from Detroit, originally. Shout out to Ben. Um, The van is now by the Majestic Bay, and uh, Jen and Andrew both recall their stories about watching Wrath of Khan. Um, It scared Jen so badly. She was at the theater by herself when she was very young, and um, the earwig scene, I think, started to freak her out, and Uh the guy behind her actually hit her in the shoulder and told her to leave. (laughs) So since she was there by herself, she just had to wait in the lobby for her parents to come pick her up and was sad. I don't um, remember anything about the Wrath of Khan except for that earwig scene. Yeah, I was That's scared of earwigs intense. my entire childhood because of that. Mm-hmm. And my brother encouraged that fear by pretending to put earwigs in my ears all the time. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> Sorry for laughing, but that's a pretty good spoof. <laughs> he was full of them. Um, Andrew watched that movie on a little card table with his sister eating pizza while his parents were on the couch. And... This was supposed to be a fond memory, and Jen points out that every time he tells a story, it sounds tragic, no matter what he's talking about. (laughs) And I just love that so much because it's true. She's like, I have the wrong expression on my face. I don't know if this is supposed to be happy or sad, but it always sounds sad no matter what. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, my head starts tilting every time he starts telling a childhood story. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Yep, I know. Oh, Andrew. I find myself unironically saying, oh, Andrew, all the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> then I see that, that uh, picture of him with that haircut, and I'm like, I can see where people <laughs> To beat him up. <laughs> um, they play a mildly ill-advised uh, game from uh, an email suggestion, college football mascots that don't end with an S. Mike, do you have anything <laughs> to say about this? Uh, I I do. Um, the the one The part of it that I love the most was the driver who said uh, South Carolina, um, who are the Gamecocks. <laughs> right. and, and and he said, well, it ends it ends with an uh, an X. 
He said C O X, yeah. Uh well no, they're not the game coxix. They are the game cox. <laughs> he 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 realized his mistake right away, I think. It was pretty great. <laughs> it was. I saw one at the gym yesterday, Mike. There was some basketball game where one of the teams was the Red Storm. Does that sound right? Oh yeah, St. John's play Duke? Red Storm. Well, this yeah. was supposed to be football, right? Oh. No, no, it's just NCAA. Just, oh, any just college. Okay. okay. Yeah. Jen suggested the Jazz and <laughs> Thunder. Yeah. Which does make it Which easier are, when you I mean, Avalanche. She at least she offered a couple teams. No, yeah. no one else came up with anything. True. So they may have been pro, but she came up with something. Yep. They get a phone call from listener Monica. She's paying bills and needs a distraction. And she talked a little bit about um, nursing her daughter while listening and how her daughter recognizes Luke and Andrew's voice. Mm. And there was a sweet uh, post on the Stens page. I don't remember who it was, but I remember seeing that. And it was other nursing mothers kind of like uh, collaborating. Like, it's cool that we're all doing this at the same time. And that's a common theme with TVTL. People are up in the middle of the night taking care of their babies and mm-hmm. listening yeah. to TVTL. Podcasts and and babies. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's got to be the greatest thing that happened to, you know, raising a young child. Yeah. Podcast. To middle of the night feedings and stuff. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, Jen, this gets them on to, uh, that baby's name is Lena, which is adorable. L I N A, nothing to do with Lena Dunham. And that gets them on the topic of baby names. And Jen feels like there are baby names that carry far too much responsibility when you name a kid <laughs> Hunter or Ryder or Striker. And she wonders why or we can't Winston. all be named Mike. <laughs> No, believe me. Most Everyone of the babies is born named the Mike. year that <laughs> the year that I was were named Mike. That that's the nicknames: Drew, uh, McFrizz, Drew McFrizz. Yeah, you Moose need your McFrizz. last name because which Mike are you talking about? In my yeah. in my um, grade, it was a million Emilys. There were there were three yeah. Emilys in my immediate friend group. Mm-hmm. It was well insane. for me. It w- it was Jennifer's. So many Jennifers. Mm-hmm. Um, they theorize that the name Mitch is coming back, and um, I don't know about that. But, um, okay, we really need to get to this dog talk, because Luke mm. tells this story about taking Rudy for a jog. Like, she doesn't want to run, clearly. I don't know why he keeps dragging her out on runs, but he does, and there's not really places he can take her off-leash. He's kind of obsessed with her being off-leash, because she seems to run better that way. So he takes her to the high school track at 9 p.m., but then there's a day where he doesn't. He takes her <laughs> in the evening when there are actual people trying to use the field for its intended purpose. And he says, you know, this is fine if Rudy is on her best behavior. And then he blames Rudy for pooping in front of these people. He doesn't have a bag. He doesn't have a poop bag. So he kind of kicks it onto the track. And then there's a bunch of people power walking towards it. So he kind of panicked and smeared it all over his shoe. And then he blames Rudy for not being on her best behavior. I don't think Rudy did anything wrong here. Luke is the one who disobeyed the explicit sign that said there are no dogs allowed. And he didn't bring a poop bag. Mm-hmm. Rudy is entirely blameless here. She did what dogs do. What we call outside, you know, for the dogs, it's... It's the grass potty. Yeah. Anytime you're on grass, that's a toilet for a dog. So you're basically, she's running around on top of her toilet. And when it comes time to poop, she's going to poop. <clears throat> um, my, my biggest question about this story is he doesn't have bags. He usually goes there later. Does Rudy poop on this grass potty? All the time, but this time it just happened to be when other people when were other there. When other people were there. 
Did she poop? Yeah, that's a good question. I bet you anything she just poops there all the time. Yeah. Frustrating. Um, and I love Rudy. Rudy, you, oh, sure. you haven't done anything wrong. Oh, I want to no, give you a goodwill hunting hug uh, like Robin Williams when he hugs. <laughs> it's not your fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's not. It's not your fault, Matt Damon. She's perfect. She's a perfect angel baby. It's Luke who is the problem. I'm more and more convinced of that every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a voicemail from Laura in Ohio. She was listening to Nick Jarin's Northwest Nerd podcast uh, when he was talking about the Seattle freeze, and she's wondering if that was a thing. And they say that it is. Um, this isn't the first time we've talked about this. Um, people kind of Jen says people kind of keep to themselves. Uh, they don't do a lot of small talk. And she talks about how she was when she was uh, living around the country. Somebody invited her to a bonfire, and she said, "Is that a metaphor?" <laughs> <laughs> hilarious he said i don't know what that is but we're gonna stand around a fire and drink and you're welcome to come <laughs> oh i just thought i was gonna bring my vanities there and it's gonna be metaphorical right <laughs> and luke uh, uh chimes in that he thought it was a little weird that rich and linda who definitely exist introduced themselves to him when he moved in which is not crazy at all no well like, you're in bellingham now bellingham is not seattle seattle yeah. is seattle so let's yeah. not you know. So it doesn't extend that far north. No, it really doesn't. It's, when you get when you get out of uh, the suburbs and exurbs, you're you're in small town America. Mm-hmm. Um, next, uh, we get uh, Sean DeTore showing up. Um, they comment that he smells like fleek fish. This is the episode where they said that they were lit and fleek like a thousand times. Yeah, I, I was woke to that. Yeah, I had had enough of that. Um, they wonder what's up with people not using earbuds. And this was something I was worried about as soon as I learned that iPhones had passable speakers on them. I was like, this is going to be people walking around with boom boxes, but times 10. This mm-hmm. is going to be so much worse. And it's turning into that. Um, people talk, taking phone calls in movie theaters. That's horrible. That should be punishable by death. Um I don't see it. There should too be much. a trap door under every seat in the movie theater. <laughs> every movie theater should be the Alamo Draft House. That's my one regret about leaving Texas yes. is there's no Alamo oh Draft House. Oh my god, yes. Yeah, and they will literally kick you out if you're on your phone or you're talking. And you're I think gone. that's what it should be at all times. Um so I haven't been to see a movie yet and um not looking forward to that. Um but Luke talks about um, using the Apple AirPods because those are just little wireless things that go in your ear and they're kind of invisible. So people can't really tell if you're listening to stuff. And the thing that you have to do to stop them is to tap them twice on the right. And so it looks, it's a very socially weird thing to do. And I have, I have these AirPods and I have the same problem. You're tapping your ear twice, which makes it sound like, look like you're saying, I can't hear you or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what do you t- turn... I'm, you know, I'm listening to something or whatever. So that's how you have to pause them. The other thing with Apple products is I have the Apple watch. And if I am sitting talking to somebody and I get a text message, I look at my watch and it looks like, <laughs> like I'm like bored. Um, like, let's oh, what wrap time things is up it? here. Uh... Yes. So Apple is slowly ruining my social life <laughs> by making me look a million times more rude than I already am. Well, also when you tap your, um, your AirPods, you sh- your ears are still plugged. Yes, right. they do let sound through, but I mean, it's, I disagree with his assertion that that's what you need to do. When somebody talks to me, I just take pop it out. them out because when yeah. you take mm-hmm. them out, they stop. So I just pop one out of my ear because it's, it's right. rude to listen to, t- talk to somebody with your earbuds, earbuds, wow, <laughs> earbuds in, I think like it's not active listening. You should take them out and give them your full attention. 
Um, I do Because even if you can hear yeah. them, I, I still think it's a bad look. Yeah. When I'm at the grocery store, I'm usually listening to a podcast and I make sure that I stop it when I'm in the checkout lane, but then I also mm-hmm. actually physically remove them. Yes, I do So too. that they know that I'm listening to them. It's rude to keep those in while you're... People, I hate it when people are on the phone during the checkout transaction, mm-hmm. and I hate it when they still have their earbuds in, even if they're not listening to something. Yep. It's just very rude to the person who's helping you. Um, Luke talks a little bit about his family's white elephant exchange. Gosh, we really need to get through Tuesday. Sorry, this was so long. Um, he's anxious about saying yes about the verbal confirmation about exit row. <laughs> I don't help. understand. And this. <laughs> I don't either. Like, I love the exit row, and I am. I'm so happy to be there that I'm like, yes, <laughs> I will save everyone in this plane <laughs> after I have three vodka sodas somehow. <laughs> and Jen points out something I've always thought, which is how do we know if we can open the door? I don't even know how it yeah. works. I don't know how it's hard it is to open. bullshit anyway, because the plane, I mean, okay, one guy lands a plane. Um, it, what's, what was the guy's name? Eagle oh. Eagleson or whatever. <laughs> Sully. Sullenberg. Sully, right. Sully Sullivan, <laughs> Sullenberg, or whatever. he One guy in the history of the world lands a plane and someone has to open a door. It's never going to happen again. You're going to crash and die. Or not. That's it. Yeah. Just say, yeah, I got this. Don't even worry about it. And then have your pills and your booze and go to sleep. He has a weird theory about not using your normal voice volume on a plane, which is another thing I don't understand because there's so much background noise. There's so much white noise on a plane. You almost have to shout to be heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and, and, uh, to, to my point, okay, like you ever been on a flight where they, where you're running a little late and all these people have connections and they're calling out their connections and what gate to go to. And they, and they, they say, if you're on the aisle or in the middle and you have somebody inside there that needs to get to the, one of these connections, please, you know, um, let them through and let them get out. And then as soon as the plane lands, nobody respects yep. that. Everyone stands up and just crowds the aisle. Yeah. So what's going to happen if we've we've landed the plane on the ocean or in a river or or somewhere, yeah. Oh well, all of a sudden we're gonna get more courteous. In the best of circumstances, we're rude animals. If yes. we are crashed on the ground, I don't think anyone is gonna be like, oh, it's my stated responsibility to open this door in yeah. a safe and timely manner. Let's let's not worry about what's gonna happen if the plane crashes, and definitely let's not worry about what's gonna happen if I say yes, I hear you. <laughs> At a normal speaking <laughs> Yeah, voice. that's the least of your concerns. I also have Come it on, on good authority from an aviation attorney that you don't die from the crash. You die after the plane sets on fire. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> so that's it's really comforting. Helpful. <laughs> that's awesome. Which it will set on fire. <laughs> well, I'll, I will set myself on fire first before I set my uh, neighbor on fire because that's I'm a good. Yeah. air traveler. Yep. You got to take care of yourself first. Um, okay. Then we somehow get on this talk about the California raisins and heard it through the grapevine. And Andrew mentions, as if this isn't the biggest story he's told this entire trip, that he did a <laughs> choreographed dance to this song at a talent show. And I need to see this. If there's video somewhere, I will track down all his classmates to see which of their parents have an old VHS tape of this. <laughs> because we need to get this. <laughs> People seem dubious of, of this, but they were also... A lot of people are dubious, were dubious of me when I was a, a great big fat person when I would tell stories about how athletic I was at certain points in my life. Um, we're all capable of moments of grace in yeah. our life. So I'll take Andrew 
on on his on its face. I'll take. Oh, the story it's not on that I face. don't trust him. I just love this idea and I want to see it. Oh yeah, yeah it, I would love it. To just see seems it too. so completely out of character. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then finally uh, we get a call from Steve Nelson. He suggests again shorter and tighter shows with less <laughs> excrement talk, and I think immediately they apologize to him because it gets to excrement talk. Uh, right away the next day or something. Um, and then, uh, again, we are pie-rolled. Jen wants to listen to the Family Ties theme song, and they say, okay, and then it's American Pie. I wanted the Family Ties theme song. Yeah, me too. I wanted anything but American Pie. Mm. All right, Wednesday, 2566, paint your build grape. Um, Sean is talking about cooking steaks because they play his uh, filet, min- filet melon drop. Uh <laughs> And he's right about the the you you do you cook it in the oven um, for a certain amount of time and then you sear it on the on the grill. That's so. that old reverse sear trick. Mm. It's a good um, one. Yeah, Veeves is about to turn forty. She doesn't te- seem too freaked out about it, which is um, to her credit. They decide they're going to go to Discovery Park to go birding. It's a lovely park. Um, except in the middle of winter, you're not going to see too much <laughs> going on out there. Andrew, um, Andrew was the one who sparked Vive's, uh, interest in birding. She'd been interested since she was a kid because her dad was a bit of a birder and would point out birds or whatever. And she kind of had that throughout her life. But when he bought her some field glasses, she became an actual birder, which it seems like she's you know, transitioning into full on. Um, and her, her favorite, I guess, uh, was a pied build grebe. Uh, Andrew confesses to getting sucked into the bird storylines going in, <laughs> going on in their backyard. The bird soap operas. Well, I, I can sort of see that once, once, uh, the, our neighborhood filled out in Kyle, we went from being the insect museum to thankfully, you know, having a backyard bird menagerie because the birds, the word finally got out. It was like, hey, if you want to get fat, come on down to this mm-hmm. joint because there's insects goddamn everywhere. <laughs> <clears throat> so we, we had a lot of different birds in our backyard and, and we could kind of, we had a, we had a, a male cardinal who um, once, once the ladies discovered that he was sitting on a kingdom of insects. He was courted by many a lady and he would keep coming back to our yard to eat, but then all the ladies would start showing up and he'd be like, this ain't worth it. And he would take <laughs> off. So I can see how you he get didn't sucked into those. <laughs> well, no, no, no. There was, there was plenty of insects for everyone, but he just didn't like all the female attention all the time. He just wanted to chill sometimes, you know, mm. eat a bunch of weird bugs and, and then just sit on the fence for a while, but the ladies wouldn't leave him alone. And I don't Poor blame guy. him. Poor he guy. was beautiful. He was so pretty. <laughs> why is it that? Why is it that? Um, except for humans, a lot of times males are the prettier of the because they have nothing pair. else going for them. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd be able to distill that. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> They talk about the time that uh, Veeves got rejected from a uh, bird tour in Los Angeles because she didn't have field glasses yet. So you're, I guess you're not allowed 
to be interested in birds if if you don't have <laughs> the proper equipment. I can kind of see it where like someone saying, "Hey, look, a, there's a rare African zagua over there or whatever." And and uh, I'm like, "Um, could you describe it because I can't I I don't have, you know." And people get annoyed, but I don't know. It's it would be like if uh you guys decided to watch the Super Bowl with me just cuz you were like, "Okay, I'm going to maybe I'll get into football." And then you're sitting next to me and every time you ask a question, I'm like, Seriously? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you were very gracious about my dumb Super Bowl questions last year. Well, I don't see why you wouldn't be. I mean, someone is trying to be interested in something that you find interesting. Because I was ruining your time. Like, No, you weren't ruining my time at all. Come on. You're paying for my drinks and food, and you, you <laughs> horsed my wheelchair in there, and I stayed at your house. What am I going to say? Ugh. <laughs> Shut up, God. Again with the questions. Read a Jeez. book. <laughs> uh, there's a chicken joke made um, because uh, Sean, Sean was asking about her interest in birds and what came first, the chicken or the egg, and uh, obviously, you know, <sighs> One of the easiest birds to spot is the chicken. Uh, Luke <laughs> makes the birds are basically dinosaurs joke, which I've I confess to having made mm-hmm. a few times myself. And I would totally make that if someone were being snobby to me about my interest in birds. He makes that I joke would... like three times this episode, I think. <laughs> he does. <laughs> and his his delight with it makes it delightful yes. for me. <laughs> Canada geese. That is is the name of those geese. And I mm-hmm. didn't even know it at the time, but in college, um, these geese dominated all of the intramural grounds at the University of Washington. So before I even knew the name of this goose, the proper name of the goose, because we called them Canadian geese, uh, I was often completely covered in their poop. Gross. And hmm. befouling both my car or, or any car that, that uh, we took to and from the fields. They're a scourge. It, they're pests. They're awful. They're awful. They're really awful. They, yeah. they're, they're mean and there's just, uh, their only know. saving grace is that they look delicious. I don't know <laughs> if I'd actually eat one, but they look so like fat and, and mm-hmm. lovely. Like I can imagine them like all nice golden Brown sitting on a table. They really do. They, they're kind of shaped the same way as our, our, uh, our bunny is, you know, just because he's a he's an eaten bunny. Yeah, he would um, also be delicious. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I can see that because you you just picture them. You look at them like a cartoon ham. You exactly. Know? You're like, oh, I yep. could fit them right into a cooking dish right now and mm-hmm. eat that thing. Um, the bird sounds are not quite yet Vive's uh, jam, but she does. Uh, she does like to freak the birds out by playing their their calls when she's in their uh, vicinity. And uh, she got dive-bombed by a bird trying to revisit their deceased friend who, you know, thieves played for them. So it seems kind of cruel. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think I could resist doing the same thing. Uh, Luke wonders if birds are nice. Um. <laughs> it's so interesting that he always wants to know the social aspect of these 
And also, he's getting loopy a little bit yeah. during this episode. Nature isn't Beef's... nice in general. She was totally right about that. <laughs> Nature doesn't care about anything. No, but they do cooperate, you know, like... Evolutionary, they... yeah, cooperation, sure. Nobody's rooting for the predator. But it's not except, nice. It's not them being like, the I better look out for my bird friend Jerry over there. <laughs> this is no. like our survive, our species survival needs to continue. Right. It's just me yelling, Jesus Christ. (laughs) And then everyone going, what's going on over there? Uh, They tell a story about the uh, uh, minor birds, how minor birds like set up fights and and uh, and then I don't know. It sounds like kind of bum fight type thing Mm -hmm. where they put out some flyers and some of the minor (laughs) birds see them on the telephone. They gather around. There's going to be a fight. (laughs) Right. They pay-per-view you know uh thieves is gonna get a bird tattoo of the northern flicker which i looked up and it's a pretty attractive it's pretty bird. yeah yeah but you're gonna need a pretty good canvas to catch all the little uh there's a lot of small stripes and different colors on that bird so yeah she's gonna need to get that on a probably a larger area like the thigh or or some mm-hmm. such um eagles are disrespected eagles aren't great they do get harassed by crows a lot, so I'm I'm sympathetic, but they're they're not the greatest. I mean, they look great, and I understand they look majestic, but they're nasty uh, and dumb. Yeah, they yeah. eat dead stuff. Like we may as well have a vulture as our national <laughs> bird. <laughs> and yeah, and vultures at least you know they admit to what they are, and they have you know? the hunched back to go along with their creepy vibe. Right, eagles look majestic, but that's it. I respect the vulture industry, and uh, I call them franchisees <laughs> uh, because they each have like a certain territory. Mm-hmm. But when something goes down, like a deer, they they're like they call in the other franchisees from nearby and say, "I I can't handle all this." So I'm going to pass the savings together. along to you. Yeah, but if it's just a snake or whatever, no other vultures getting into their territory. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm eating this snake, so get the fuck out of here. This is mine. But uh, they they cooperate, you know, just like we we're talking about. Anyway, I can't eat all this deer myself. Come on, guys, get in here. Um, the monster energy Satanism video is played. <laughs> <laughs> that lady's fantastic. They talk about conspiracy theories and stories, and um, what Luke does, I think, is pretty genius here. He he goes from the most extreme conspiracy bullshit, like the nine eleven, and he starts starts walking it back to see who's gonna crack. Like, where where do we get to a conspiracy theory that someone's actually buying? And mm-hmm. and Veeves store, sort of starts biting at the ancient aliens. Oh, Veeves. I know. <laughs> I, l- I admire her honesty on this. Yeah, but like it, it is it is an amazing feat to have done such a long time ago. But as soon as I learned that it was probably slaves, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. <laughs> sure. Right. They would you, make them do that. Yeah. If you have, uh, yeah, an unlimited pool of free labor. Right. Then you can indulge you can do your anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Luke is recalling uh, the, uh, This American Life. It's actually a very recent story and really a strange story. I don't know if either one of you heard heard it, but it was a kid who had a personal basketball coach who would just totally poisoned his mind and, and made him a 
you know, what was already a vulnerable kid into like a crazy little kid and ended up going to court. And it was, it was a strange story. So, but Luke brings that and relates it to the Taco Bell Illuminati ads. <laughs> of course. This, this Wednesday show, um, Luke might've been at his loopiest during this. And I loved it. I really did. Yeah. Cause that's kind of what we were hoping for is like at least you know, one or both the guys would go off the rails at some point, and Luke is kind of going there, and I really love it. They talk about how cats uh, kill birds because that's what they do. And there were a lot of skips on my native app during this um, episode, so forgive me if there's some holes in my note-taking. They, they tried to call Stu, and he answered, but it made a horrendous sound, and it failed. Then there was an email about... Um, a diaper failure, uh, somebody who got on a plane with their baby and some guy who claimed to have a knee injury and probably eventually did have a knee injury wouldn't give up his seat. So, um, the person had to endure their baby, uh, puking and pooping and basically losing about two thirds of their body weight, which to me, that was alarming. Mm -hmm. Like if you got a baby who's puking and shitting for hours, that's life threatening, isn't it, Meredith? Um, it can be if you don't if you can't rehydrate them. Yeah, you know, I'm if she was nursing, if she was nursing, the kid would be fine. Um, or if they had Pedialyte or something like that, that'd be yeah, fine. and the kid was taking it. Yeah, the kid was taking it, but if not, yeah, that can be very dangerous. Um, probably not for the length of a flight. You know, it's not. Uh, uh-huh. did, how long was the flight? It sounded like it was a long one. Yeah, pretty long. Hours. Yeah, that'd be okay. I mean, a kid can live through that. Um, yeah. as long as they don't have cholera or something. Well, and I figured since they're emailing about it, it probably turned yeah. out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it still didn't stop me from kind of worrying about it because <laughs> you think about just a little baby like that, you're like, oh, that's a lot. Yeah, that's it a is. a lot. Baby weighs 10 pounds and it's losing four pounds mm-hmm. on the flight. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Luke tells a story of when he used, when he called himself a brain doctor to try to get an update, uh, an upgrade at a hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, brain doctor oh, that's pretty awesome <laughs> yep that's what they call themselves mm-hmm. well there are there are brain doctors there are animal doctors a lot of different kinds of doctors well my leg True. doctor my leg doctor took care of my surgeries so mm-hmm. that was cool oh yeah they start talking about uh songs for the outro uh bird songs are discussed uh sounds like they're getting ready to pyro vives of course but then they get through to Stubot on a second try, and he says that he watched the Minneapolis Miracle uh, on TV in a suite and compares it to the Beast Quake, which won't mean anything to either one of you, but um, it was probably the loudest it's ever been in uh, in the stadium in Seattle, in the football stadium in Seattle, which I'm sure was like 120 decibels or the sounds of four jets landing on your brain. Um, the, the, Anne, have you seen that play, the Minneapolis miracle? Are you even familiar with what I'm talking about? Oh, there's no way to avoid it. That's what I figured. Yeah, I've seen it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you're going to, you might see it a little bit maybe on the, at the Super Bowl today, but, um, unfortunately they fell flat after the, after that play, they went to Philadelphia and just, Got boat raced. Um, <clears throat> Stu is 
completely drunk, but he doesn't sound drunk at all. He just wasn't functioning. And to his credit, I mean, to his credit, he checked out on the call, but, um, but I didn't think he had anything to apologize for. Oh, no. no, no. I think he just felt all. bad that he was so drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wanted to, I think he wanted to say some stuff. Right. And just reviewed in his mind the stuff he wanted to say and then assessed that I am not going to be able he to say He tried it. to, he'd be, I love the show, you guys are amazing. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Stew out. Yep. Uh, they discuss pull tabs. My feeling on this baby gambling. Uh, that's been well documented. Veeves departs the van. Sean talks about how he wears socks. Somehow they spend a few minutes on that. And then he chooses a song. To go out with and gets pyroled. Of course. All right, let's head to Thursday, number 2567. She sells CPAPs down by the seashore. <laughs> That's actually not that easy to say. I know. That's fantastic. That's a good title. Uh, at this point, I think they're in hour 20 now. Um, they're parked across the street from Cairo. I was a little unclear as to whether they drove around at all during this episode or if they're just hanging out. But basically, this is still a, a just this whole episode is just a trip down memory lane into the radio days. Luke is there, Andrew, of course, uh, Jen and Sean, and David from the basement is still hanging in the back seat. I don't think we really hear from him at all in this episode, but yeah, he took I really his mic away. He was for... there, yeah. Uh, they start out by talking about sleeping with a partner. Jen has no idea how. Uh, contentious this topic has been lately uh, and she says that since Jason got a CPAP it has completely turned around their their sleeping situation um, I thought it was interesting I really liked that Luke acknowledged how prejudiced he was being against people who used yes. the CPAP machine he seemed to think that it was based uh, solely on weight that it was heavy yep. people who needed a CPAP. And that's not true at all because my dad has one and my dad is skinny. Same. My dad's six foot five and weighs, I don't know, exactly what I weigh probably. And he's had a CPAP and it totally changed his life too. He looked like a walking corpse for a while because he mm-hmm. was waking up, you know, all night. He just wasn't sleeping and he was pale and he just looked like death. And he got that CPAP and the next day it was like, oh, I'm back to normal. Mm-hmm. And my mom said it was really scary for her because she would lie there waiting for my dad to start breathing again. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, once the CPAP came along, it was amazing. Jen does say, however, that it is very unsexy to have him wearing <laughs> the mask with the hose going to the machine. And so the the compromise they've arrived at is that they spoon for a few minutes, like five to ten minutes, and then they turn the lights out and Jason puts on the CPAP in the dark where Jen can't see it. Bless that's, his heart. That's how I the know. that's how I dealt with the night guard. True. You know, once True. that night guard goes in, it's probably not coming back out. Yeah. So <laughs> it's all about timing. Yep. And Jen has a, a pro tip for us. She says when you're getting a CPAP, buy a used machine because it's way cheaper. That makes sense. The actual sort of motor of mm-hmm. the machine. You definitely want all new mask and hoses and all that gross stuff that's going to, you know, come into contact with your body and mm-hmm. 
get some spit and whatever that. But the actual machine, as long as you don't need a warranty, it, it's pretty cheap. Solid advice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sh- Sean delighted me <laughs> by saying that he feels like a CPAP should collect snores. Like you should just <laughs> suck all the snores in and then you would like take the machine to the woods and release the snores out there. Or they like can't the Ghostbusters machine yeah. that holds the ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> and Jen shares that Jason actually had such poor sleep pre-CPAP that he used to have what she refers to as a head hammock on his desk. That He would just put his forehead down on the head oh. hammock and take Ugh. a nap during the day. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Okay. Um. Then they have some mic problems for a while in that Andrew, it was Andrew, right? All of a sudden you couldn't hear him. His mic was off and it was a very big deal. And I'm sure everyone is going, where's Corey? And then they just figured out that Andrew had been accidentally turning the volume down. <laughs> like a cord, one of his cords kept touching the, the knob and like turning it down on accident. Yep. And we've reached the stage of the proceedings where he just doesn't have the brain power to be able to easily mm-hmm. diagnose that and go, well, maybe I should check the volume before he It's kind of like when, when I get woken up in the middle of the night, Emily has, has pointed this out. I'm useless. Like, like one time Jack just was vomiting all over the bed and she's Ugh. like, okay, do this, do that. And I'm just sitting, I sit up, but I'm like, huh? <laughs> Where am I? Yeah, yeah, because once I'm in some stage of sleep, it's just, there's no way. And he's in a stage of grogginess where Mm -hmm. he's just, you can't logically think. Things that should be instinctual, but they're not. Yeah, well, luckily it wasn't wasn't anything that required any significant brain power to solve. Mm -hmm. Just turn the dial back up. Um, and there were plenty of other people to check him, you know. Right. Like, have you checked the volume? You know, have you rebooted? You know, the <laughs> the basics. Um, Jen wants to continue on the the sexy times talk. She has what she refers to as a lovin's playlist where she puts new sexy time songs on it occasionally except for that jason does not like bruno mars versace on the floor because he (laughs) says that you should not be throwing a five thousand dollar dress on the floor (laughs) i totally i'm down with jason on this for sure to the point where if you know i'm not going to get with you until you hang that up um (laughs) but if if i'm just envisioning this in my mind if the song's just on um, I could actually use the the visual of that dress being on the floor to hold out a little longer. Like it's, you know how some guys think about baseball. Uh-huh. Be like, no, I can't come until this dress gets hung up. I think I think the the price of the dress is immaterial. Don't throw <laughs> your clothes on the floor. Respect your your possess- right. possessions, especially if you have pets. Yeah, because you know they're gonna just take a nap in it. Oh, that, and even if they don't, it's covered in hair. It's covered in hair, yeah. Well, that yeah. thing's going to the dry cleaner anyway, but, you know, have some respect. Mm. Uh, the, the top story for the day is I just wrote down TBTL radio memories. I have three pages of notes from this episode, so I, like, I don't even really know how to go through all of this. We're but... running long today. Let's just yep. say it. We're yeah. running very long today. Yep. But it's not our fault. It's not your fault. It's Tuesday's fault. 
we respond to the material that we're given. Um, all right. So they talk a little bit about the first, very first show and the problems that they had with the show. Luke talking in his NPR voice. And they thought, you know, maybe that was a thing he was trying to do to be NPR like. And he's like, nope, just nervous as hell and <laughs> overcompensating. Uh, they did a, a, an hour two. They did an interview with an author about a Celine Dion book, which is maybe not the best choice topic for hour two and then hour three they had defend yourself ipod and things really started to gel and jen says but friday it was really the the show that she had been envisioning when they planned it um let's see sean had no idea that he would be such a big part of the show um yeah that was a pretty unique role sometimes they have contributions from the board ops on other shows that I've heard, but but nothing like how Sean was a fully formed member mm-hmm. of the trio. Uh, Luke says that he and Jen really spent years developing the show, even, even before knowing that they were going to have a show just by the types of conversations they had and the things that they talked about. And then when everything came together, they were really determined to do it their way, even if it meant getting canceled. I mean, They've talked before about how they they fully expected to be canceled within like a month or six weeks or whatever. It usually takes at least one ratings book. Yeah. (laughs) There's either no bump or a decline. And then it's like, all right, these people didn't cost anything. So they're gone. They... They share that they used to argue about how big a part of the show poop would be. I would say that Luke won that argument. Because it became a very large part of the show. And they kind of wonder about all the, how they got away with all the the shit they pull. And they came down to, it's just that nobody was listening. Everybody went home and turned it off and nobody paid attention to to what was going on. Uh, Luke says that he had never really hosted anything like this before. And I was like, wait, you were in the Bryant Park project. But Mm -hmm. I guess that was really a totally different animal because that was so produced. Yeah. Just getting in and out of things that, that was, you know, like, Oh, well I need to intro this and outro that and then kick to that and bring it back from this. And that's, that's what it was. It wasn't okay. Turn on the mics. Be interesting. Yeah. Oh, tall order. Um, so it did take him a while to kind of figure out how that all worked. And Jen pays him a tremendous compliment by saying that he reminds her of Johnny Car- Carson in the way that he mm-hmm. seems so relaxed and relatable and just it's like sitting down with a friend and how his yeah. interviews were were really good because of that. I Yeah, that's another one of his superpowers, I think. I think his interviewing has gotten there over the years, but I think the Johnny Carson thing as far as his ease – and his comfortability was there from the beginning. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, and I didn't actually notice. They talk about how low energy he was. I didn't. I don't, maybe I listened to too much oh, NPR, man. but I didn't notice it that much. <laughs> yeah, he was. He sounded it half was, asleep and bored. It was really. I was like when I when I did listen back finally because I I actually didn't listen to the, like first couple weeks because I didn't even know he was on. And then when I listened back, I was like, "What is going on?" <laughs> Are you okay? Just probably trying not to throw up. I do that too. (laughs) The more nervous I get, the more I suppress it. So if you ever see me like sitting in a corner somewhere and it looks like I'm about to fall asleep, you know that I am so nervous that I might actually throw up. 
Oh. Well, I was that way with yawning. Like whenever I, you know, I'd be going to be doing a play or playing a big game or something, I would be yawning. People were like, are you, you know, they thought I was relaxed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, fucking terrified. Um, They say that James the web guy really fought for them. You know, I never understood that he had so much juice in that station. They refer to him as James the web guy. It doesn't seem like any big thing. You know, he does our website, but apparently he... Uh, really had a lot of influence and really understood what they were doing and helped them with the whole podcast angle. And, and it's got too bad they vibe. never learned his last name if they really wanted to give him some credit. <laughs> I think they did mention it once somewhere. Well, they did. Okay. But um, just very briefly, but I'll always think of him as James the Web Guy. Uh, Luke and Jen say that they only ever really had a couple of conflicts. They don't exactly spell out what those were, either that or I didn't write them down. And then they sort of re- reminisce about being being fired and, you know, Luke being told, you know, we're making some changes to the schedule. Some of them are going to affect TBTL. <laughs> okay, what are those changes? Well, you're not going to be on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's over. Yep. That's it. it but then how nice it was for them to let them finish out the week so that they could make a, a proper goodbye and a Amazing. proper celebration. Mm-hmm. It's like, I could That's not un- fucking believe it. Yeah. When, 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 when I was talking to him after they, I, I was like, well, okay, well, what's next? He's like, well, they're letting us finish out the week. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yep. You could destroy them. And he was like, yeah, and that's why I'm not going to. Yeah. Isn't that how the... Um- it's a P-A-R-T-Y yes. because I said so. <laughs> That's how that happened. <laughs> that person yeah. knew that was their last day on the air. Yeah. Yep. Uh, at this point, they take a call from Jason in Chicago. So they were asking for people to call in with questions for them about the radio days. But I think the problem was that the people who were trying so hard to call in weren't listening to the live stream. So every They were time- being prize pigs. They were just yeah. like... <laughs> yeah, every time dial, 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 some, dial, dial. somebody got on, they were like, well, uh, a question about mm-hmm. the radio days? Uh... I have a Janine Garofalo story I want to tell. <laughs> I saw Janine Garofalo once. Power out. She ate a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> so Jason wants to know, how did you guys know that this should be a podcast also? And Luke said, you know, we always wanted it to to be a podcast. That was a thought from from the very beginning. And then he um, talks about the most important rule of podcasting, I guess, is to be consistent. You always have to put things out there. Always, always, always. And I don't know. I think probably in the 10 years, they never missed posting anything. Even if it was a repeat, I think there's always a show has gone up every weekday. And that's pretty amazing if you think about it. Oh, let's see. Then Jason had some other confusing things to say. Uh, oh, but he did say that he was the one to turn Perfect Ten Nick Armies onto TVTL. And so he feels like he wants some credit for that. And they call him the Mother of Dragons, which he is. <laughs> um, that would be kind of a... I would have mixed feelings about that if the person that I introduced to the show all of a sudden became so much more famous quote-unquote within the context of the show than i was because we're always jockeying for position in this area right yep boy this is just there's so many reminisces 
mixed in throughout this. Maybe I'll hit them all at once. Uh, they talk about the deep fat frying episode, which was different from the Prezine episode. The fun of the baked Alaska. I think we should do that on a clip show sometime with Sean setting things on fire in the studio. Also, the snackster that he brought in for cooking with Sean. That was a good episode, too. I think I have that logged somewhere. Uh, the time that they practiced being uh, radio DJs when Luke was calling in from a radio station in Chicago to do the show. I have to say... I am in my archiving. I'm like on the second month of the show. If anybody is curious, they should go back and listen to the first three months of TBTL because so much of this stuff that they're talking about is from this first three months. It's really amazing. Uh, lots of good, like I was just listening to TBTL players. I might do a show about TBTL players. I can't figure oh, out quite how to do it, but it would be so fun. But they talk about, uh, in general, cooking with Sean and Sean DeTore investigates. Then they talk about Jen's mission to cure global loneliness, which is what it's really all about, right? And Andrew plays the tape that he put together of this montage of tens calling in to, to answer what is TBTL to you. And I wasn't able to write down everything, but uh, Kevin used a term that I really like, magical mundaneism. I think that's not quite right. I th mundaneism isn't a word. I think it's mundanity. Mundanity. Yep. <laughs> but I, I thought that was a wonderful way to explain the show. Uh, there was a voicemail from Treasure. Hi, Treasure, about how they got her through terrible illnesses, including her husband's cancer. And, you know, they were friends who were there for her when she didn't have to think about the cancer and the sickness and everything. And so that's wonderful for her from Ed, who said he lost every member of his family over the past 10 years, which breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. But TBTL has been there for him the whole time. And several people in that montage said that it was like hanging out at a bar and talking to your friends. Mm -hmm. uh, Jen says that, um, a large part of the show was about them learning to be better people. And Luke talks about his growth over the last 10 years. And I, I think that's true from some of the things that they used to talk about and the things that he used to say to the way he looks at the world. Now he's really, he's grown a lot. Uh, Jen brings up the whole DeVry St. Regis gaffe where oh, yeah. they were talking about, you know, people who went to a shitty mm -hmm. college and they always just used DeVry as a shorthand until the guy who went to, to DeVry wrote to them and said, that makes me feel really sad and, and how terrible she felt. And I never knew that she actually, you know, called him and apologized and talked to him about it, how it, it really affected them. Well, I really get what, what they're talking about there because I, I hate to give like Facebook credit for anything, but uh, you know how you get memories every day. They give you memories. F and, and for me, I joined like, I don't know, 2008 or whatever. And uh, since my Twitter and my Facebook have pretty much always been linked because I'm that asshole. Um, <laughs> some of the stuff that I would, some of the jokes that I would make, some of the stuff I would say in the late aughts, it's like, uh, I don't know. Uh, not I would I would never invoke woke. Uh, but I'm a different person, and I have grown, and I'm proud of having grown as much as I had 
have this late in life, you know, I've been a middle-aged guy since this whole phenomenon happened. And it is amazing how much growing you can do if you keep your ears open, you mm-hmm. know, and you keep talking to new people instead of the same old echo chamber you've always been in. So I can see, I can see this and I, and they, ha- they've earned a right, especially Luke has earned the right to be proud of his growth. Yep. Can you imagine doing all that growing in public, in front of everybody, yeah. getting called I know, out for I know. Your I was like, stuff you said? I, I got three retweets in 2009 over this. You know, I wasn't a public figure. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, it, yeah, had, had I been famous or something, then it would be like people would be bringing that back up. And, oh, I took a screenshot of when you were incredibly sexist or racist or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Then Andrew asks what I thought was a really interesting question. Uh, If it meant that you could have stayed on the air, would you have changed anything? Would you have done anything differently? And I was so expecting them to say, no, absolutely not. Even though we got canceled, we made the show that we wanted to make. But Jen says, yeah, absolutely. I would have changed things Mm -hmm. if I thought it could keep us on the air. Specifically, she says that she would have been more cooperative about breaking traffic news. (laughs) Because they just didn't want to have anything to to do with that. And Luke says that a lot of times they push back against the wrong thing. Things that they mm-hmm. could have easily Well, there's gone a certain amount with. of responsibility, you know, when you are a local, you know, trusted news source or whatever. Yeah, if there's a 16-car pileup um, near SeaTac, you probably should. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about it because that's the reason that you know the 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 car radio is already on your station right but there's definitely different ways to handle that and I remember I used to listen to a station here that I think maybe is kind of the equivalent to to Cairo for the Minnesotans it's WCCO radio a little more liberal I think not Mormon owned, but so they would do that thing where it's a weather event and they go through the weather event and then they take calls and it's just like, you know, this is Pete up in wherever. Yep. The snow's coming down and this is Doris out on the hot. Yep. The <laughs> She's in international falls where it's yep. too cold to snow. So then they just have all these people calling around with their experience of the weather event yeah. or the traffic event or whatever. And that is not necessary. Yeah, you don't That's have to linger. No. Yeah. That is Ugh. a time killer is what that is. <laughs> Gross. Let's get back oh. to Kanye. Um, Luke says really interestingly that he was too wrapped up in Goldie's at that time that he could have been a better host and a better collabor- yeah. collaborator with Jen if he wasn't so focused on going out and getting drunk and gambling. Did he have a gambling addiction? Like, has he ever said that? I don't know, but his credit's pretty bad, and I have to think the gambling has to have yeah, a significant effect on that. I, I think I think he what he had was a gambling problem. Yeah. W- whether or not that... I mean, an addiction means that you will just keep going until everything is lost. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you're gambling, that's going to happen. And that never happened to him. So I'm thinking he's, he falls more in line with gambling problem. Yeah. Than gambling I mean, if he's admitting it affected his work, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's not great. But I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yep. Then they say some some really lovely things about Sean. And he says that he loved being 
a part of the show for that 18 months. That's really some of the best times of his professional life. And he felt so lucky to be welcomed and included from the start. And Luke says that Sean was just an absolute pro that he never said no, no matter what they threw at him. He always made things happen. Whatever crazy shit they talked to him about at 657. <laughs> he always came through with, with a win and that he's the best board op they ever worked with. I've listened to a lot of Cairo radio and a lot of Seattle radio um, my whole life, and no one ran a better, a tighter show than Sean. He just did not make mistakes. No, he's good. Uh, they take a call from Colin in Seattle, and his on-the-spot question was, how weird was it to be doing a podcast and a radio show essentially simultaneously? And Luke again says, you know, it was really always, it was more of a podcast than a radio show. It was a podcast that they sort of square pegged into the radio round hole. Um, another call that Stinker Lauren got through. <laughs> Yet again. And of all the, the callers on this show, Lauren really brought it. She was ready for it. Her question for Jen, she wanted to know how real Jen's response was to the man hot sauce and you know we just listened to that clip again when we talked with uh sean on his interview section sean vale not sean Dory. um and jen says that that hot sauce was evil but it really was awful and that she wasn't faking it but she didn't feel like she could say it was so bad because they had right. done it to them and they right. the radio. well yeah and, you, and she didn't She's she's really a nice person and probably didn't want to ruin their business. Right. You know? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Lauren's second question is for, also for Jen. How did she pull it together to do the show after she went full Lebowski one day where she decided, I'm not doing this today. I'm not going to care so much. I'm not going to work so hard. I'm just going to let my responsibilities go and got hammered. And then Jason uh, drove her to the station so she could fill in with Luke. And Jen says, quote, adrenaline is an amazing thing, <laughs> which I thought was fantastic. Uh, Lauren wants to know, is Sean still making piñatas? And he says, yep, he hasn't made too many recently. And does he still do the back masking stuff? And I don't think we ever actually got an answer to whether he he's still doing those kinds of of audio um, projects. Uh, and then right at the end of the, the show, uh, they make a little time to say such nice things about Andrew and that that he came to TBTL just exactly when when he was needed that Luke could not have continued doing the show once Jen left because that's that's not the kind of show it is it's not a solo podcast we all know one should never podcast alone but um, it, it was not sustainable when Luke was doing that and he juggled a lot you know Vanessa would be on and Sean would be on for a day and Jen would call in but that really wasn't a sustainable model and so when Andrew came along and then when they got involved with APM things really took on took on a, a, a new uh, life and um, then Sean makes a really awkward joke about schizophrenia <laughs> yeah shouldn't have done that and and that was Thursday <laughs> Sean just can't seem to help himself he needs to make jokes where there are none it's also mm -hmm. irritating from a technical standpoint because that's not what schizophrenia does people get schizophrenia and multiple personality disorder mixed up all the time people with schizophrenia don't have multiple personalities 
Yeah, they're just crazy. That was the joke he was making. Mike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stop Burbanking the schizophrenia joke. <laughs> I don't need to Burbank someone else's joke. No. <laughs> That's pretty bad. All right. Uh, once again, because of my uh, failures as a human being, I have not written down the title to Friday's show. Oh, I think uh, it was just like the live show. Live at Rebar Seattle, something like that. Okay, 2568, live at the Rebar. All the principals are in, te- in attendance. Uh, Jen is very uncomfortable in her stool. It's I couldn't figure out whether it was she thought she was giving, her, giving everyone a beef shot or she just wasn't um, comfortable sitting in the stool. I think it was uncomfortable sitting in the stool and sitting mm-hmm. on the front of the stage and she wasn't behind a table or anything. It's Luke and Andrew mm-hmm. were behind the table and then Jen and Sean were on the sides of the table perched on stools. And it uh-huh. was just a really awkward sort of position for her to have to sit in. Yeah. Whoever thought that tall stools. Oh, terrible. Idea. <laughs> uh, just never works. Um, they talk about how uh, David from the basement is a hero. I, I, would be very interested in this maybe maybe the guy who asked us for transcripts of the um of tbtl from the very beginning could do this for us but uh what is the percentage of dtfb to dftb <laughs> Ugh. i'd say it's about 50 percent. yeah i mean is he doing it wrong on purpose i missed a week of shows when i was moving i don't and stuff. think he is because i was like maybe this is a joke and I'm just not getting it. But he says it backwards because all the time. If it was a joke, he would do it all the time. I True. think I think that once it got pointed out, he was Burbanking it for a while. And mm-hmm. then he decided that maybe he shouldn't give his brother a dirty nickname. And so he was trying to do it right, <laughs> but then he got tired. Well, I, for one, am totally in favor of Down to Fuck Burbank. So Luke and Andrew... <laughs> are feeling very high at this point, which is totally expected. I yeah. have, I have stayed up as long as they have at times in my life. And yeah, you, you, you get delirious. Super high. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Luke admits to having napped for a few seconds during the Prezine replay. Uh, Sean calls Luke, uh, from the Prezine segment, a diaper sniper, which I think Sean's a little confused about prison culture. Uh, that would mean that Luke was a child molester, which oh. wouldn't earn you disrespect Ooh. in prison. It it earns you murder, um, a, right? A beatdown or a killing. Yeah. So, so diaper sniper? No, don't don't do that unless you're ready to kill someone. Andrew is accused of eating a land Jaeger. <laughs> uh, he claims he was just m- moving the land Jaeger, which <laughs> kind of sounds like you know. Uh, a child being accused of something, you know. I was just moving it. I, I didn't really it. eat it. <laughs> but I, I, I kind of believe Andrew. I don't think. Why would he not say he brought him? He brought the fucking Land Jaeger. Why wouldn't he eat? If he ate one, why wouldn't he admit to it? I don't know. At least things I were just things were just getting weird. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Land Jaeger got such a bad rep reputation by the end that no one wanted to be associated with the land Jaeger, you know, uh, they review their lack of eating. This was the, the biggest hole in the whole 24 hour thing was, um, really the eating should have been thought out 
Mm-hmm. Someone's responsibility should have been mm-hmm. like, I mean, Luke's putting together the show sheet. Andrew's doing some technical work. Somebody should have been like, okay, well, here's what we're going to be eating and when, and this is what I'm going to bring, and this is where we're going to go, and not just, gosh, I, I hope we can walk up to a jack-in-the-box drive through at 5. Believe you me, if I had been involved with this, we would not have gone without food because mm-hmm. I cannot do that. That's my yeah. first priority. Mm-hmm. If anyone in Emily's family had been involved, there would have been seven meals, full, <laughs> full on three courses, four courses every meal with desserts. And I would have been feeling sick the whole time. Like, oh, I cannot again with the food. Oh, uh, so, yeah, that was kind of shocking to me. Like Andrew ate a hot dog and Luke ate some Land Jaeger and that was it. That's not how you want to do it. Mm-mm. So for next time get one of the get get uh get Anne on board for the meal planning i'll take care of you jen talks about how she was expecting super fun times and instead got some baby carrots and some crudita <laughs> uh the 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 avanti market in cairo's basement is reviewed i've never experienced one of these i hope you pay markets either one of you involved no nope Seems like either either it's going to work out for the vendor like really well because people feel bad or they overestimate what they've, you know, because I imagine a lot of times, you know, people don't carry a lot of people don't carry cash anymore. So it's one of those things where you you've gone three times and taken an item or two each time. And then you just like the next time you're in there and you have cash, you put twenty dollars in there. So it's either going to work out really well for the vendor or the person's never going to come back and not not put the 20 in and then you're out like right. five bags of this. I don't know. I would assume that they like have a contract with Cairo or something. So Like that there's a minimum or, or, or some sort of... I don't know. Like they inventory at what they sold and how much money they got and Cairo has to make up the difference. Yeah. There's no that way they'd sense. keep doing this if they lost money. Right. Well, and also on the flip side of that, Meredith, though, um, wouldn't these things be more common if they if they did work out really well? Yeah, probably. Because they're just you know, break even or supplemented by Cairo or something. Having been in the restaurant business for a long time, and anytime you can cut labor, true, you'll do it. So, Tierra, uh, who was uh, your roommate, Anne, right? Yes, mm-hmm. she was fantastic. Uh, Hillary and and Nick Armies, uh, among others, all get shout outs. This was the first time I even learned that Hillary was in Seattle. I think yeah. she was hiding it from me. <laughs> <laughs> we hung out with her. That she I'd was be great. Like, totally jealous. So uh, screw you, Hillary. Um, <laughs> Jen is mad about Andrew's tweet about uh, song ha- hating songs with rock and roll in the title or in the lyrics. Um, uh, that's, he just painted with too broad a brush. I think mm-hmm. if you yeah. hate a specific song or a couple songs, you should call those out. Uh, but with a broad brush, I can say that I, I almost universally hate songs where they spell things. R O C K in the USA. That's why <laughs> this one came to mind. What it's about B A N A N A S? Is that a song or is that yes. just a chant or no, cheer? No, it's from a song. Oh, it's from it is. some okay, Gwen Stefani well, song. Yeah, then I, I hate it. Okay. I can hate it. 
Um, S A T U R D A Y night. R E S P U C T. Yeah, no good. Oh, you don't you like can't that song? hate that song. Oh, no, sorry, I hate it. I hate it because I know how to spell. I'm a good speller. <laughs> so don't lecture me on how to spell. I don't like it. All right. Um, Jen seemingly brought up the suite so she could sing a lot of these songs. And she, of course, as you mentioned before, she's wearing her Sterlington ring. And then Luke wants to know if it's okay that he asked for a hug from a hotel clerk. Oh, Luke. Uh, oh, boy. Um, and at this point, he's asking if uh, if his asking for a hug means he's woke. No. And in this case, literally extremely woke from 30 plus hours of being <laughs> awoke. He should have not hugged them and not asked and walked mm-hmm. away and said thank you goodbye i mean the only thing that would be worse is if he asked her if he could hug her while she was still on duty yeah Mm-hmm. yeah i i've always found that um in any type of physical affection let it be the lady's idea yeah i mean not to be all sexist but <clears throat> or reverse sexist or whatever but if it's if it's her idea it's okay. If it's your idea, you don't know. Asking is a good idea, but that's a situation where that person is in a service role. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like hitting on the barista. You just don't do it. Yeah. They might feel obligated and yeah. you don't want to be in that situation. Exactly. Uh, granny time. Uh, Jen says that uh, she thinks more people should be plumbers. And I agree. The plumbers that, that I've encountered in my life all been really nice people, good people. But Luke feels compelled to review all of his plumbing compatriots from back in the day at Lee Johnson Plumbing. And uh, he tells the shop cat story again about where the plumber's asses smell exactly like a <laughs> dying cat. cat. I think it's important to, this isn't a joke or a hot take, but um, promoting skilled trades, I think, is a really good thing. Absolutely. So absolutely be a plumber, be an electrician. Like We need those things. Those are awesome professions, and they make a lot of money absolutely they do i used to um do a lot of um work with uh school board committees that promoted uh trades uh and you know the the shop classes and the the cooking and Mm -hmm. you know all that stuff and it was amazing how much more quickly these kids got off the ground in their life than those of us that went and did broadcast journalism degrees yep it's crazy that we've gotten to this point where college is mandatory and it's not for everybody and it's not serving everybody. Um, so these are awesome options. So I don't. I think we should stop looking down on these kinds of jobs. There was a guy who um, sat in one of our committees that, you know, he was he had a welding business and he was like, you know, you could be two years out of high school and own a home. Mm-hmm. Just just learn how to weld. Right. You dummies. Yeah. And I, I admit, during those meetings, I'm like eating some some shitty Subway food, and I'm going, I think I could do that. Because I, <laughs> I want to own a home someday. Um, Jen, this is a weird thing to me. Jen talks about how uh, she's into K-beauty. Is this a thing? Oh, yes. Do you, oh, you guys know this. Well, yes. I didn't, but I'm not on top okay. of the beauty industry so much. 
I have a strange addiction, which was very, very um, clear to me when I had to pack it all up and unmove it and unpack it. I have like 40 things of dental floss and I have every <laughs> lotion known to man and I have, mm-hmm. you know, several square feet of, of hair products when they're standing upright. Like I, I, I'm afraid, I think maybe it was growing up poor that I'm afraid of scarcity. I'm afraid of running out of things. And so I have yeah. like backups on backups and backups. And then I have products that I've purchased and tried and didn't like, but didn't throw away for some reason because <laughs> I bought them and I want to use them, but I don't like them. So I just have all this extra stuff, but I actually do enjoy like trying new skincare mm-hmm. products. It doesn't do anything. And most of them are garbage, but K beauty is a huge thing. Um, the, the good thing about K-Beauty is it's usually relatively inexpensive. So if you want to, and they, they emphasize using like millions of different cleansers and millions of different serums and layering your toner seven different times. And it's insane. And, and I don't know that there's a lot of actual evidence behind it, but it's kind of skincare has become a hobby for a lot of people. And I think it's kind of interesting. And Jen is clearly one of those people. Um, and I've heard of the, the snail mucus um, treatment for your skin before. Um, but it doesn't surprise me that a dermatologist is like, nah, it's mm-hmm. not going to work. None of that stuff has a lot of <laughs> clinical evidence behind it. The things that have evidence are retinols and sunscreen. That's it. <laughs> and, and you know, where they were asking where Jen would get snail mucus? And she was like, you can get it on Amazon. Oh, um, yeah. It's not just pure snail mucus. I mean, it's, it's eye, you know, fancy eye cream with snail yep. mucus in- included. Um, guess what she told me? She uses our Amazon link. She does. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amazing. We have got to keep our eye out for some from snail mucus cream. Uh huh. <laughs> well, she's off that, I guess. Yeah, but, but it's probably on there somewhere on that spreadsheet. I was thinking, um, just relating to our last topic, like the world needs more snail mucus harvesters. So <laughs> you know, you don't need to go to college. That's right. That's an just, honorable profession. Absolutely. But uh, Meredith, you're you're totally an Emily when it comes to this stuff. Just like um, she discovers something that works, and she just buys a ton of it, and then like it seems like like hair care products, especially. Well, Emily like and something- I have similar hair, and it's tough to tame. And every right. time I buy a new hair product, I'm like, maybe this will be the thing that makes my hair look good. Maybe this will be it. Maybe it's not that I have to spend an hour in front of the mirror with a straight, you know, straightening iron. <laughs> right. Um, but it's not. It never is. And then so those products go in the pile. Well, and I noticed even back when I had hair, like you might get something and it works for a while. Yep. But then your hair, your hair just rejects it because your hair always wants to be as difficult as possible. So your hair goes... All right, I this new product it's working, but I'll make sure it's well, not. Well, and then gonna there's a whole seasonal on. component to mine too. Everything I do has to change in the summer versus the winter. I have to get total. I have different skincare, different hair care. Mm. Um, I have to change it all up because it turns into a mess otherwise if I don't. So it's a whole it's a whole balancing act, and it's expensive, well, I, and it takes up a lot of time, and it's very dumb. I'm the backstop for all this stuff too. Like when when she stops using something, or she overbuys, or um, it stops working or whatever. Now it's mine, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I got to figure out a way to use it up. Now you have a bottle you know. of dry shampoo. Why are you even using that, Mike? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have products in in my bathroom that you know you would you knew I would never buy, but I'm determined to use up because right. it costs our family money. Yes, and it's just I must use it. I'm compelled. 
the dermatologist says that all, the only thing will work is fat injections that will um, provide uh, some cushion between her veins and her skin, which makes a ton of sense mm-hmm. to me. Uh, Jason gets a really shitty treatment when they go for um, their they're supposedly i think she thought they were getting like a tandem massage but a dermatologist or <laughs> their, something their couple's dermatology appointment <laughs> this is <laughs> so crazy romantic checking for moles this, this is nuts but he, he apparently they put some sort of you know uh giant squid on his face and no he got extractions <laughs> he got poor extractions which could be like kind of injurious and then it has to heal so yeah. he looked terrible for the for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, bad timing. So he got that shitty treatment. At this point, I don't know if you guys kind of heard it, but it seems like Jen was starting to get a little drunk. Yeah, at this at this point, which is great. I love drunk Jen. <laughs> I really love drunk Jen. She gets so excited about um, reporting robocalls. I mean, oh, that's another like, great joy in my life. I was nice to hear that because I do that all the time and I love it. It's so satisfying. Oh, Emily just just fucking like totally trolls them. When oh, I do that too. I do that too. She goes into like a, hello? hello? <laughs> <laughs> and pretend she can't hear them and then they just keep going on. And, you know, if she has time to do it, she just loves doing that. Uh, but she sounded, Jen sounded like Howard Dean. You know, trying to get the crowd mm-hmm. fired up over the robocalls yeah. thing. Uh, Sean uh, brings gifts for everyone, and he brings candles for everyone, plus a couple extra candles. And for some reason, decides to invoke everyone's lovers into the I whole deal. I hate that word. <laughs> yeah, everyone. <laughs> uh, moist is a word for some people. Yeah, that doesn't bother me. Lovers doesn't is bother the worst. me either. Lovers is not. Great. That is Will Ferrell in the hot tub on in SNL. In the hot tub. In the hot tub. Jen, Jen is to trivia as Andrew is to quizzes. Um, she does some shaky, <laughs> very shaky trivia to give away the candles. Her rules are weird. Yep. Um, Doesn't work very well. <laughs> no, it's just whoever shouted out the loudest got the candle. And then she brings up the fact that Jeannie Lockhart uh, has died, which sucks. Jeannie Lockhart Aww. was such a, I loved yeah. her voice. She was just sounds like such a kind old woman. So that was sad. So we get the TBTL players and they're going to do some golden girls. And I don't know who did the old man noises before they started, but it was pretty great. Someone was really getting some, <laughs> some passages cleared. Uh, Luke is on the wrong page at some point as he's doing his, uh, Bill Clinton slash Blanche. <laughs> That All the drops funny. are way too yeah. loud, this whole show. <laughs> At the end, they sing the Golden Girls theme song. I think I think Jen was the only one on the panel who really knew it, but the crowd was into it. So Oh, the entire crowd. You couldn't even hear very well on the recording how loud it was in the audience. We were all singing Oh, really? It. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that song, too. Um, I had that 45. I didn't watch Golden Girls, but I knew that was a theme song. But I had that 45 when I was a kid. So to me, it was like the queen, we are the champions or whatever. I've heard it a zillion times. I would have sung along for sure. Uh, they bring up uh, pink, yellow, green, orangeitize yourself, the Pygo history. 
Uh, Jen had a revelation in Palm Springs where she, she ate and drank too much and decided that her pants were the problem, not her temporary girth. So <laughs> that was a great story and everyone I really loved, loved it. That. Yes. I love that from a body positivity standpoint. Like mm-hmm. yeah. you should never try to change your body to fit your clothes. Just change your clothes. It's right, their fault. Right. It's even, not if it's, even if it's just a problem during this past quarter hour or yeah (laughs) these pants are terrible terrible. unbutton them a little bit they were fine an hour ago but (laughs) yeah that was that was kind of the um uh who's the guy from married with children uh al bundy Bundy. al bundy revelation (laughs) just just unsnap stick that hand down you're fine we find out jen bought one quarter of a bitcoin among some other bullshit currency (laughs) um I don't know who's who called it. Who called the currency fancy pantsium? <laughs> well, there's one called Ethereum, and I think that's where that came from. Oh, right, and that led to the best joke. I've been looking for a joke to make on the unobtainium for a long time, mm-hmm. but the on the nosium joke that, that's <laughs> fantastic. Yep, finally nailed it after how many years has that movie been out? But someone, <laughs> uh, we're mining for on the nosium. So now there's a countdown, crowd countdown to the 24-hour mark, uh, which is fun. And then there's an advice givers. Janet in Dublin wants to know what to do about a roommate who eats like a slob. And somebody on the panel says that you should also eat like a slob, which to me, that doesn't solve anything. Now I'm disgusted with myself. (laughs) That was Jen that said that. Yeah, more more evidence that she was in her cups. Yeah, that's weird. that's not great advice. No, it's not. How about setting an example? You know, <laughs> instead of like, oh, let me just smash this pie into my own face. Well, that's like the the peeing your pants in solidarity from Happy Gilmore. And that was a sweet moment, but you're still peeing your pants. Yeah, you're still you're <laughs> you still have to deal with that. Problem. No, just whisk the person away and try to help them. Yeah. There, there's an email from a woman named Blair who's trying to hook up a teacher with a friend only because she wants to eat some wedding cake. Uh, seems like a stretch to me. And someone suggests, uh, you know, maybe you should just buy a wedding cake rather than ruin two people's lives. Yeah, there are other ways to get cake that are a little more efficient than this. <laughs> and it put me in mind of the only match I've ever made in my life is our good friend Barb, Dr. Barb. I hooked her up with her husband not 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 so much hooked her up is that uh, we met they met through me ah. and they've had a, a long successful marriage and i take uh, i take credit for that until they get divorced and then i, I <laughs> you had nothing to do with it <laughs> I had nothing to do with it uh, there's a story about luke's friend skylar who hooked up with someone who when he told them that he was dreaming. She said, uh, how do I get involved in your dreams or something? And he just backed away out the door and, and left forever. Uh, Sean wants to fill the whoopee cushion with his own farts. Then, uh, there, there's an email from someone named Joe who says he can't find time for the 24 hour podcast. And they asked the audience who made it through the most time of the live stream and um, someone who jogged in the morning with with Luke named Carl who said he made it through 20 hours. And this made me think of we got a uh, we got a group message from Ghostface listener who stopped listening to the show um, and still listens to us, 
but is always kind of curious as to what's going on when he might want to dive back in. He or she, sorry, might want to dive back in. Um, <laughs> and it was wondering, you know, should I jump back in on Monday? Because he was like interested maybe, you know, what's David's take on the Super Bowl? Because the guys are stupid about football, but David's back, you know, doing that stuff. So, and and what were their thoughts about their time off? And then Christy was, she admitted later she was distracted. She was doing something else at work. And she thought that he was going to dive back in on the marathon. And she said, yeah, you should definitely listen to the marathon. And I was like, uh, probably not. Probably not. Because the reason Ghostface listeners stopped listening was long, rambling, unfocused, uh, barely produced shows. So to get into like Tuesday's show at two hours and 36 minutes is only going to be like getting back with your ex-wife and then oh man that was some great sex and then an hour later going oh man <laughs> this was a terrible marriage i remember why i left <laughs> i now yes. remember exactly why we're not married anymore so uh so i straightened him around on that and and christy admitted later that yeah just listen to the ones with jen and uh what was the other one um, phyllis yeah with phyllis and i agree totally with that because those were the shows that were actually a little bit more focused. Right. So um, hopefully Ghostface gets back in. I'm 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 rooting for him or her to get back in. <laughs> they go around in a thankful circle. Sean is thankful for the fans of the show. Andrew's thankful for the journey. Luke for the overall love that he feels from uh, TBTL and the whole experience. And Jen is thankful for the ability of the show to let everyone exercise their passions and, and show that their, their passions for the things that they love. And of course, uh, I don't know how any of us are not thankful for this community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they play doves. And that made me tear up a little bit mm-hmm. because I used to be sad uh, when, when doves would play at the end of the show, because I'm like, it's Oh over. man, I'm going to miss my friends for yeah. the next 21 hours. Yep. Well, everyone cried when doves played. Oh, is that right? Yep. Luke was crying and Jen was crying and all of us in the audience were crying. Oh, that's that's great. I'm glad mm-hmm. I wasn't alone cuz usually I mean I I cry during a gold bond commercial so <laughs> I'm never sure <laughs> what anyone else is crying about. That's it. We 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 go out with American Pie, but here's the thing. Okay. I have something to say about American Pie and about about this whole business. They got delight including Andrew, who claims to be anti-prank, they got a lot of delight about pie-rolling people mm-hmm. during these couple weeks. And I did too. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. You know, cat-rolling, pie-rolling. I mean, Bobby, episode three of Little Red Bandwagon, I think, he talks about all the cat-rolling yep. that he did and we assisted him with. Okay, so Andrew, a little bit of a hypocrite <laughs> for enjoying the pie-rolling. I will say that. It's a prank. You participated in a prank and you enjoyed it. How the hell it didn't occur to anyone to get a listener to come up and select a song to go out of this Friday show with and not fucking roll them. Yes. What a way to go out. But, you know, I, you know, they were up so long and, you know, I get that it didn't occur to them, but come on. That would have been such a great way to get out of the live show <laughs> well, by pie rolling a listener. We'll save that for the next 24 hour marathon. 
<laughs> okay. All right, that's all I had to say about Friday. Would you like to take us into housekeeping? Oh, sorry, housekeeping. I've been talking so much. Buy stuff from us. Uh, we have a lot of merch on sale. It's pretty great stuff. Did we have a lot of that stuff uh, on display on the weekend, Anne? Mm, not too much. A little bit. I, I I was thinking, you know, why don't we have a table there? But then I thought there's only four people there. There's only so many, <laughs> so much stuff that uh, we can sell in a phone booth. But uh, <laughs> but we have some great merchandise. Uh, Archive Project, always need help with that. Get in touch with, with Christy for that. Um, you can buy stuff from Amazon through our link, littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. If Jen can do it, you can do it. Come on, guys. Earbuds and earworms. Songs that you think are the worst are featured this week. I haven't heard it yet, but this is right up my alley because you know I hate music. I'm really interested in hearing uh, how much other people hate music. <laughs> and if you'd like to get involved with the show, uh, come to our website at littleredbandwagon.com. You can submit your throw your phone or hug your phone moments at throwyourphone.com. Visit us on Facebook, either our page or Hanging Around the Stens page. And the moderation, I believe, is still not back on. There's a lot oh, of interesting heaven. stuff going on there. This is your it's opportunity, heaven for me guys. because I don't look at it ever. <laughs> uh, the show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. I pay full price for my tacos as a, as a result, but uh, to me, that's a trade that's worth it. Yeah, you know, there are trade-offs in, in everyone's life. <laughs> right. Uh, you can send us an email or get in touch with Christy to uh, participate in archiving at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. And you can always send us a voicemail or a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And with that, we discussed this so long ago, I don't remember how we decided to do <laughs> How to do the first part. <laughs> Meredith, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. And as always, we love you, Jen. A long, long time ago, <laughs> I can still remember how that music used to make me smile. And I knew if I had my chance that I could make those people dance and maybe they'd be happy for a while. Nailed it.